Hey, you found us, the Dimwits Podcast. Listen, uh, we're going to get the show on the roll, on the roll off, off the ground, uh, in the air someplace. We're going to do something with the show uh, in just a minute. But I thought I would just take a quick second to invite you, the listener, uh, to make this a regular thing. You know, come back and visit us again. Now, the easy way to do that is to hit that subscribe button. I don't know what podcast service you're using, but there should be a subscribe button somewhere. And that makes it easy for you. Now, remember, you don't need permission. And you don't need me to tell you what to do. But we would like some subscriptions. That would be nice. That's a vote of confidence. We'd also like to hear from you. And if you have a chance, there's a phone number at the top of our website. You can go there and you can dial that number and leave a voicemail. Give us suggestions about the topics that you'd like to hear. Uh, Debating intelligence was one of the suggestions that was presented. Another one was uh, forensic. What was it? Forensic? I don't remember. Uh, But we've got a lot of suggestions that have been put out and suggested. A voicemail has been left. No, I'm lying. You might be the first, though. You might be the first. So, please, you know, contact us. Email, voicemail, whatever. Or just hit that subscribe button. Okay, well, enough of your time. Here we go with the next episode of Two Dimwits. If you were to get rid of unions, then what? what is the last freedom that this country provides the working man? And that last freedom is being able to quit your job, mm. flipping the bird at the... <laughs> <laughs> and oh, walking yeah. out the door. Yeah, okay? yeah. I told you about the story. I got fired from this, this uh, uh, company, right? The Lazy uh-huh. Boy Company. Because they heard some rumor. And, and, uh-huh. they, and the, it was in my 90-day period. He said, here's your check. There's the door. Walk straight out. Don't come back. Well, I cried. After that, I went home and I was in tears. I was 18. Sure. I was like, I just in high school. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I just broke down crying and I'm, because I'm driving home and it was my first job. And I thought, oh man, this is terrible. You know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I was really hurt. But you know what? After that, it didn't bother me anymore. <laughs> I get fired for so many damn jobs. I've been fired for that's... more jobs than you know. Uh, and it doesn't bother me. In fact, <laughs> the last great freedom in this country is the freedom to quit your job. Yeah. And that, and you're right. That is a freedom. If um, you give people unions, they don't want to quit their job. They want to keep them. <laughs> so, so the reason let's not take away that right. Then that's right. My <laughs> okay. biggest argument. I love it. <laughs> my biggest argument against unions is that oh, when boy. you're in a union job, you want to keep that job. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I feel like that's well, taking. Why, why the hell would you want to do that? Look, my last freedom, my last, the last freedom that we have in this country (laughs) is the freedom to say, fuck you. (laughs) All right. I quit. I quit. And if you work for a union, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. So that's why I oppose, that's why I oppose unions. I mean, you know, they have their benefits, but overall. Uh, I hear some sarcasm. Overall. Revealing truth by exposing lies. What does that mean? That means that on this podcast, we're going to talk about a variety of subjects, but we have an intention in mind, and that is to move beyond political ideology, religious dogmatism, tribalism, and nationalism, even beyond personal opinion 
beyond false authorities that so many people don't even question. And taking you, the audience, someplace that you may not be quite ready to go, to that place beyond us and them. Hello there. My name is Wilbur Dunlap, and I just wanted to tell you about the cafe on Broadway here in Siloam Springs. And, you know, I was on Yelp.com, and I was checking out the review highlights. And sure enough, this place is getting four stars. I think it should get five. It has 34 reviews, and everybody seems to be pleased. Let me read you one. It says, this fella, he says, I, I ride my, my motorcycle from, from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Siloam Springs. It's 90 minutes each way just to visit this little gym. Now, I tell you, is that an endorsement or what? Here's another one. Great coffee, great atmosphere, great salad, great smoothies, great BLT, really friendly staff, and a fabulous cookies. Now, that's some. That's another wonderful endorsement. And, you know, I, I have to say, I, I agree with that. I, I, I've been down there, and there's, there's, there's one thing that's not on this list here. I found out just the other day that the cafe on Broadway is not just a coffee house. I mean, they're not just selling coffee. They also sell beer. Can you believe that? They got themselves a liquor license. No kidding. That means I can bring my friend Snowflake. He, he, he loves to drink. We hang out. We usually go down to the tavern down the street, but now I can bring him into the, the coffee shop and I can, I can bring some other friends. And you know what? You can bring your friends. They don't need to drink beer. I mean, they got coffee. They got pastries. They got this and they got that. And it's a nice little atmosphere. They got it set up there. like It's, in your, it's like your own little living room. You see what I'm saying? And if you go down there. Go down there and check it out. It's the Cafe on Broadway. So I, I'm going to make you laugh. All right, go for it. I've got a story for you. Okay. This happened today. Mm. Yeah, um, well, yeah, it's today. So it started... I was I got up in the middle of the night, so it was, it was technically today because it was after midnight. <laughs> and... Um, I was inspired to do some writing, and as I was writing, I wanted to come up with a, a, a title for my little essay, and so <clears throat> the thought that occurred to me is, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> I like the song, right? Now, you know, that song came out <laughs> oh. in 1988. Yeah, I remember it, yeah. And um, I don't know if you recall, but there was a rumor that went around saying that the, the, the gentleman who wrote that song and sang the song mm-hmm. uh, had committed suicide. Did you ever hear that? I think I remember that. I think it was a false rumor, though. Yeah, I sus- yeah. because it's. I suspected that it might yeah, be a, a hoax. It's so ironic, it's, right? It's yeah. too ironic, right? And right, so, right. you know that it, that's what we call having good memes, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. When, when exactly. You, because it got spread around, mm-hmm. and the reason it got spread around is because it was so ironic. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so for it to be that ironic and, and have good memes to where it gets spread around so quickly. I, I suspected that it was a hoax. Right. But I, at that time, I didn't have access to the Internet. There really was no Internet. It's a whole so, different world now. So you didn't have any means to, like, track down. You know, you couldn't go to what Scoops and find Snopes, out. Yeah, yeah. Snopes.com, yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. here I was last night, and I, I thought to myself, let me just check uh-huh. to see if this was a hoax. Uh-huh. So I go online, and lo and behold, I find out that, uh, that he's still alive, number yeah. one. And uh, it apparently there was a rumor that was being circulated on Facebook on April 19th, which was yesterday, uh-huh. that he had died. 
and here we are. Uh, here we are. Uh, I told you I was going to make you laugh. Oh, you're um, killing me, man. So here we are, April 20th. Yeah. And and the article had just been updated a few hours earlier. Uh-huh. And th- they published uh, an official statement from his people saying that this was a hoax. Uh-huh. So doesn't that seem like a, a, a coincidence? I mean, think about it. I'm Here I am sitting at my computer thinking about Don't Worry, Be Happy, a song that was written in 1988. Mm-hmm. And the, it occurs to me to check to see if it's a hoax. It turns out that a second hoax was perpetrated the same day. Wow. Yeah, that's a little, that's, uh, I mean, I'm thinking. Were the stars and the planets were lining up for you, weren't they? I mean, this kind of thing happens to me all the time. (laughs) I mean. It's a glitch in the matrix, dude. I'm thinking about something that happened in 1988 and it's happening again. Uh Uh-huh. At the moment, at the very moment that I'm thinking about it. Maybe you're tuned in to uh, (laughs) you're, you're tuned in to our benevolent overlords that are running the simulation, man. Maybe that's what it is. That's what I feel. That's what I said. I mean, you know, call me paranoid, but like I, sometimes I wonder about this. Like, you know, yeah, uh, it's just weird. <clears throat> but um, strange things like that have happened to me over and over again. And so, you know, what I'm going to start doing is documenting this stuff because there you go. What I did was I posted it on Twitter so that uh, I could document the fact that this actually happened. And now we're talking about it on the podcast, which is more documentation. So right, people right, who right. listen to this podcast could go to my Twitter feed and right. see that I'm not lying, that this actually happened. What? And, uh, I mean, who would make something up like that? I mean, right. it, it really did happen, and it's bizarre. I mean, you may make it on, like, a, a, you know, a, a <laughs> YouTube channel for Strange Mysteries or something, you know. Yeah, remember yeah. that? There was this woman, Chloe, who was like a, she was, people would call her on this 800 number, or 900 number, back when there were 900 numbers. Yeah. And, uh, and they would pay. I remember those. Yeah, Miss Chloe, you know, like she would, she would oh, tell Oh, yes, yeah. the, the prophet. Right. Uh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. So I might have a psychic. career in psychic. Uh, there you go. Yeah, who knows? Far out? Far Maybe out? I can uh, figure out some way to get paid in Bitcoin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of getting paid, man, let's let's uh, oh, let's yeah. talk about uh, unions. So, right, it, it, coming from the left, you can you can already guess what my opinion is, and I. I but you've surprised me on many occasions, Mark. I'll be honest with you. I, I've you know thought you were going to say one thing when you've said another. Well, so we're I, probably going to have a difference of opinion on this one. Yeah, um, prob- probably so. I, we'll find some common ground, but yeah, yeah. I, I want I, you to go first, and then I'll then I'll then I'll go second. So, yeah. w- what's your opinion on you? Now, think I can I can already anticipate what you say a lot of times, and one of the things that I a theme that I hear you saying a lot of times mm-hmm. is um, that if you haven't actually experienced it for yourself, then your opinion doesn't much matter to you. You know, you're going to use my words against me, aren't you? Um, not really. I'm just, I'm just creating a, a baseline for the conversation. Uh-huh. And that is that if I had never been in a union, then I wouldn't have much, uh, uh, you know, there wouldn't be grounds for me to have an opinion, right? Yeah. Of okay. course, I've never been in a union either. But All right. I have, a lot I have the upper hand in this conversation. There, oh, there you go. I knew that was coming. I figured you, <laughs> being out west, I figured you'd probably been in a union. So, so why don't you tell me, tell me about your experience with it. Okay. Um, well, I was I was working in a hotel, uh, the Luxor, mm-hmm. uh, actually, in, on the Strip in, in Las Vegas. Vegas. Okay. And uh, they have the Culinary Union, one of the largest unions uh, in Las Vegas, uh-huh. and probably one of the largest unions in the in the world, I would think, because uh, they have I don't know 
there's a lot of hotels in Vegas and a lot of culinary workers. Because right. the culinary work is not just the people who prepare, prepare food. It also includes the housekeeping staff. And they've okay. had, you know, they've had occasions where they've done um, the walkout thing where they, you know, um, whatever. Right, right, and, right. Uh, yeah. But this collective bargaining thing um, has been in place because the, now the casinos make a, a huge lot of money. It's sure. a ton of money, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, people walk into a casino, they put their money in a slot machine and, mm-hmm. and they might win, they might lose. But, but ultimately, you know, the old expression. Ultimately, is, they lose. Well, the, yes. Otherwise, you wouldn't have giant casinos. Oh, people are throwing their money away like mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. And, you know, the old expression is the only way to win in a casino is to own one. <laughs> right. right? Yeah, that's a good so, yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So if there was ever a case where being having unionized labor is not hurting the uh, entrepreneurs, then I would say that a casino, because a lot of these casinos were mafia run at one time. Yeah. And so um, all the arguments against unions are like the strongest arguments against unions is that it, it drives the labor out of the country and it drives the, you know, they have to go build their factory in Mexico or, yeah. you know. Yeah. You hear this argument all the time. Yeah. But that doesn't really apply to casinos in Las Vegas, does it? I mean, what are they going to do? Move a casino to Havana? They'd love to, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they can't do that. Sure. I mean, sure. so th- the fact is they're going to make money hand over fist, whether they're paying the staff uh, uh, 30 bucks an hour or not. Right. Okay. So so the, all the arguments against the union don't really apply in that scenario, as far as I can tell. Well, did the union help you out? Did you yeah. notice? What did you notice? Well, there was a case. I, I got myself in a little trouble. Um, you know, it's a long story, but um, I'll f- fuck it. I'm just going to tell the story. Yeah. What else are we going to do here? Yeah, go All right. for it. I mean, so here, here's what happened. I, I'm working I'm working in the um, casino, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the girls who's cleaning this, the room tells me that there's some marijuana in this, uh, in this room. And so mm-hmm. my, my job is to go in there and clean it up. So I put it all into a little Ziploc bag, stick it in my pocket, and continue on my business. Uh-huh. And that that happened to be a Friday night or a Saturday. And so, For later, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it, but I, I didn't want to throw it away. I can hook you up with a lot of people that can tell you what to do with it and how to do it, okay? Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't really... Frank I Drop will know all about that. I felt I felt a little bit. I was a little bit. I'm not a. I wasn't a pot smoker at the time. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but I knew that it had some kind of value on the street. Yeah, so, sure. So I mean, you don't throw things away that have value. Sure. And so you know, I stuck it in my pocket. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. But then I uh, took the bus home. Now the problem in Las Vegas is that the, the buses don't run. Um, on Saturday, but every hour, and I had just missed the bus, and then when I got to the connection, I missed that bus, and so I was I was having bad luck, bad and, night, yeah. and it was cold, and I was frustrated, and I was I was my feet hurt. I've been on my feet all day, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Maybe I could numb out by smoking some of this weed. You know, uh-huh. maybe it would take away my pain. That's what marijuana is supposed to do, yeah, right? That's what everybody talks about. Yeah. So I got the bright idea. I'm just going to go across the street here to this little Seven Eleven store, and I'm going to buy one of these uh, blunts. You Get know, you like some a, zigzags. Or, yeah, no, uh, I got a, I got a, you like got a cigar. A cigar. Yeah. Okay. I hauled gotcha. it out, put some of the right. weed in the end of it, lit it up, and yeah, boom! I'm stoned as fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this has been some good stuff. And, um. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. Like I hadn't, I hadn't at that point I was so like, I was kiss. I was like, I left the solar system. Kiss. Uh, gotcha. Kiss your anus goodbye. Right. I mean, I was, I was out there. Yeah. Okay? Right. Right. And right. This is not good. Because Stupefied, man. I, yeah. Basically imagine, you know how, when, 
when someone who's not used to drinking alcohol, maybe they're a teenager and they, they you know how right. we were, you yeah. drink, you drink alcohol for the first time. A cup of three point two beers and they're wasted. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. remember, but I, you know, there was I wanted to face my fears when I got drunk. Uh-huh. And so I had this fear of water. And so one time when we were drinking, I wanted to go jump in the lake just because I was I was afraid of the water. You know, it's like I want to face my fears, you know. And that sounds really stupid. I mean, people do stupid things when they're drunk, right? right. And uh, But I know that my experience is different than most people. But for me, uh, this is the same effect that marijuana has on me. It makes me want to face my fears. Huh. And this, this is not a good thing because I become fearless. And let me tell you, fear is there for a reason. Okay. Right. Here's to alive. keep you from doing stupid shit. Yeah. Because when you do some stupid shit, will kill you. Yeah. All right. Or injure so, you severely. Yeah. Or you'll end up in jail. Right. And so, mm-hmm. uh, this is what happens to me uh, when I smoke weed. I ended up getting into confrontations with law enforcement, and you know that's so strange. Oh yeah. Is it? You know, oh yeah, I get belligerent. I huh. I push the envelope to the extreme. I, I see that see how far I can go with my quote unquote freedom and liberties, and before the before the false authorities try to you know, slap cuffs on me. All I did was stare at a houseplant. For oh an hour. man. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, the first time I got high, that I was stoned. I just kept staring at the wall, and right, I, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't take my eyes off the wall. And I guess that's what it means to be stoned. But <laughs> right. but, but this time. This time it was a different, and people say, tell me, when I tell them the story, they say, well, there was probably something laced inside that weed or whatever, Yeah. but I've done it repeatedly since then, and every time it's the same kind of thing, and it gets progressively more, aggra- I get I get really aggressive. That's, that's, so, yeah. that's so different. Yeah. Well, it's... there's two kinds of weed, I guess. There's one that gives you a body high, and there's one that gives you like a, a, a mind kind well, of... Well, to be honest to... with you, talking to the kids St- that I Steve talk up. with, there's so many strains of weed. You can get a giggly yeah. high, you can get yeah. a metal high. Yeah. You can get a paranoid high. You can yeah. get an energetic high. Well, I, right. You know, all kinds of highs. But see, here's the thing. I went to sleep that night, and I got up the next morning and went to work, and guess what? I'm still stoned. Wow. Okay. In fact, my whole day was bizarre. I was so, you know, <laughs> I was like, I, I get to work the next day, and... I'm like sneaking around at work when, you know, and it's like, do you get a case of the paranoids? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's, it's like, I felt like I was seeing the real world for the first time. Oh yeah. Okay. It's like, I was so hyperly paranoid. Like way I, out there, and I'm, yeah. I'm like way out there. It's not even good. It's not healthy. It's just, and so, um, and I didn't get up in time to take a shower, so I slapped a hat on my head, and the hat had said Luxor on it, which is the, the you know I worked for the company, right. and I got this hat at the Christmas party, and the only way I could get the hat at the Christmas party uh, was to show them my ID. Uh-huh. So as far as I'm concerned, it's part of my uniform. Right. Okay. But my immediate supervisor told me to take the hat off, and I said, "Well, this is part of my uniform." She says, "No, it's not approved. You have to take that off." I'm like, well, I, I explained to her, I, you know, I got it at the Christmas party. I showed my ID. So, you know, I, it is part of my uniform. She says, no, it's not. And I'm like, when I'm in this state of mind with the marijuana affecting me, I don't do well with authority. Uh, uh-huh. And so I'm like, you know what? Um, I'll tell you what. You're my boss. Let me just go to your boss. In fact, I'll go to the CEO of the company who's downstairs. You know, uh, his name is uh, Felix Rappaport, and he's got an office down. Oh, Lord. down in the, and I'm going to go down there, and he's got an open-door policy. I'm just going to go down there, and I'm going to ask him if I can wear my hat. Uh-huh. So I march my ass down there, you uh-huh. know, and I walk in there, and I talk to the secretary, and I say, you know, is Felix here? And she goes, well, he's in his office. And, and I said, oh, great. I'd like to talk to him. 
And she says, well, what's this about? And I said, I just want to find out if I can wear my hat. Uh-huh. She laugh at you? And she says, well, were you told not to? And I said, yes. And she goes, well, that sounds like a human resource problem. Uh, you need to go talk to the human resources. And I informed her that the human resources was not there for my benefit, that they were there for protecting the liability of the company. So it doesn't do me any good to go talk to the human resources department. You were you too smart for your own good even back in those days, I you? told her. The problem is <laughs> when I get high, I, I'm really a danger to myself because I, my intelligence goes to a whole other level. And it's like I just like the paranoia kicks in and, the, and it's like, yeah. uh, you know conspiracy theories here and there and it's like yeah. good god so like i'm ready just to confront every evil in the world and uh-huh. right now this woman behind the counter is the is the epitome of evil yeah, and right. so i'm just gonna straighten her out you know and so mm-hmm. i told her i said listen you know does felix have an open door policy or not ma'am and she mm-hmm. goes well yes he does well in your opinion how long would it take someone in my case who wants to speak to him, how long would it take for me to actually sit down and talk to him is that something we can do in the next couple of hours, maybe 30 minutes? And she goes, well, I'll go ahead and think about it. You know, you answer the question. And she says, mm, she thinks about it. She goes, well, probably about two weeks. And I said, two weeks? Two weeks. <laughs> I, I said, that's some bullshit. And, she, and as soon as I said bullshit, she's calling security. Yeah. Right. And so rather than walk out, I just started walking towards his office. Uh-huh. And she's like, she jumps in front of me. And she's like, sir, 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 you can't go in there. You can't go in there. I put my hand on the doorknob. And I felt like this egg smashing over my head. I could feel this warm feeling coming down over my head. Like uh-huh. I knew I was crossing a line that I couldn't recover from. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I, I stopped myself at that point and I took my hand off the off the doorknob because I didn't know what I was going to do if I actually walked through the door. It scared right. me. It scared right. me what I was capable of at that time, at that moment. Right. And so um, finally I gave in to the fear that said, don't do that. Don't and, smoke anymore, Paul. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and so then I... And then I, I walked out and I, I started uh, I started walking over to the human resource department. I walked over to not the human resource the, the room reservations department, and because I was being transferred from housekeeping to room reservations, so I walk in there. The lady who hired me, she interviewed me. She knew who I was, and mm-hmm. I walked in. And um, as soon as I walk in, this black woman who works in that department, she looked at me. She goes, "Are you okay, honey? Is there something wrong?" She could tell right away that there was a problem. Right. And I told her, I said, "Yeah, I said I'm I'm going through some stuff right now." Uh-huh. And and she goes, "Are you having a nervous breakdown, honey?" <laughs> and I'm and I'm like, all of a sudden the light went on in my head, it, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah right, actually yeah. I am." The truth of the matter and, is, I'm really stoned on some she really goes, bad well, you, shit. She goes, "Well, don't you worry. We'll call someone. We'll call. We'll call an ambulance for you. We'll call like okay." And I'm thinking to myself, "This is going to keep me from losing my job because I'm I'm fucked here." You know what yeah, I mean? right, right. They've already called security. I'm done. Yeah, right, right. So. Right. <clears throat> So um, I go in there. I sit down with the, the woman who interviewed me. I, t- I give her my story. I tell her, I think I did something. I screwed up. I, this is, I tell her the story. And, and she's like, hmm, okay. Well, you know, we've already called the uh, ambulance, and they're on their way. And so, you know, we sat there and talked for a minute. And um, I'm, like, very emotional. I think I'm in tears. I'm talking about, you know, all the things that are bothering me about the world. You know, I'm, I'm in turmoil because, you know, I, I'm, I know that America's torturing people in Guantanamo Bay, and that really bothers me. Okay? <laughs> so I'm talking about it, you know? And uh, I'm like, you know, I... More of the story. Don't smoke pot. Go ahead. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, man. I mean, like... All of this deep shit is coming to the surface. Uh-huh. And so the, the guy, the, 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 the paramedic guy gets there. He's covered in tattoos. And he's like, he, he, first question, he says, do my tattoos bother you? And I said, not at all. They actually relax me. And, uh-huh. um, and so they ended up putting me in handcuffs. And I was like, cool with that because I felt like I was 
out of control and I needed to be controlled. I needed to, I felt like I would be safer to to myself. I wouldn't be a danger to myself or anyone else if I was in handcuffs. So I willingly submitted to that. I was like, okay, I calmed down. I was even more calm once I got the handcuffs on me because I was in this chaotic state of mind. Sure. And so being in cuffs was like, made me feel relaxed. Right. And, um, I was like, I, I felt peace as soon as the cuffs went on me. Uh-huh. And, um, so then they, they put me in a gurney or what they call like one of those like things that they roll around to put in the back of an ambulance, right? Yeah, like a gurney. So yeah. they're taking me down the hallway and I'm looking up at the ceiling. I'm seeing things I haven't seen before. And I'm like, wow, this is an interesting trip, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so they take me to the hospital. I do think they put something in that weed, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at the hospital and, um, and people are walking past me and there's a nurse comes. She goes, she goes, she speaks to me and she says like, oh, what are you in here for? And I held up my hands and I show her my handcuffs. And I said, do you know why I'm in handcuffs? And she says, why are you in handcuffs? And I said, because I didn't want to take my hat off. <laughs> and that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is and, bringing back like, you know, I've worked with people that's been on the fringe and it's usually something small like that. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. just something really tiny that yeah. just sets you off. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I've had it's enough. A straw I've, that I've broke had, the camel's that's back, right. basically. Uh-huh. And that's really what happened. And yeah. so I, I, I took a little mental vacation because, you know, when, when you get... When this scenario plays out, what they do is they take you to a mental health place and uh-huh. they put you under watch for three days. Because it's like your suicide yep. watch, right? That's and exactly what it is. You We're cannot leave, meds. Yep. you know. And you got to. I, I was I was in this state of manic man. I was manic, uh-huh. and they gave me some sleeping pills so I could sleep. Yep, yep. And you have to release a form because the, the the sleep they had to give me enough to knock out a horse. Yeah. So it potentially could kill you. You might not wake up, so you have to sign a release form. Uh-huh. So, I, you know, but I, I was as happy as can be. I, I went to sleep, and I didn't care if I woke up. I was at peace, and I was happy, and I didn't worry about whether I was going to ever wake up or not. Right. And then I did wake up, but I woke up happy. And I'm like, for the next three days, I'm just enjoying the hell out of being in this, uh, like, there's a common room where other people were, and there's this guy uh-huh. in here who's a cop, a former cop, uh-huh. and uh, now he sells drugs on the side. But um, anyway, <laughs> he probably did that before. But yeah, you know, right. Yeah. He said, yeah. I said, what are you guys in here for? And he says, he goes, he says, oh, we're on vacation. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, okay. So I uh-huh. immediately adopt his philosophy. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm on vacation too. Right. Just take hey, it this easy is for great, a few man. Days. Yeah. It's like, a, you know, there was a book that was written, called, I think it was something we read in high school. It was about these kids that go try to save a buffalo and then they go on this long journey. Do you remember the, you know, the book? Is it Born Free? Something. I don't or remember something what it's called. Like that. Um, yeah, I, there was a movie. Yeah. There was a movie we had to watch in high school. And, you know, it was from the early 70s. They're all long haired, hippie looking guys. And, um, it's not born free. That's in Africa. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is the kind of adventure I was having. Uh-huh. And it would have made for a great book because every moment was being was a heightened experience for me. I was, like, aware of everything. And uh-huh. I was just, like, so... Uh, it was, like, interesting. You know, like, we were plotting to escape, you know. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> it would have been quite easy to do. Right. And um, I thought, man, we can, we could, we could, we could climb over the wall, and we could, we could all go to McDonald's, go to Walmart to cross the street. All these great ideas were coming in. And, yeah, head. and so yeah. We, you know, and it's just like us against the world kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, these are my new best friends, and uh-huh. and it's like you know, it was crazy. But and this went on for a few days. You know, finally yeah. it was time to go, and um, right. they didn't want to let me leave, so I staged the protest to get to get out. But um, <laughs> you left what they call uh, AMA against medical advice. Yeah. yeah, well, the three days were up, and I'm like, hey, fuckers, you got to let me go. Right, and they didn't want to so do that. And so I made a scene. I'm yeah. like, you're going to let me out, or I'm going to continue to make a scene. Right, right, and, right. And, you right. know, so, but anyway, uh, 
just out of control, man. It's just crazy. And it's like, it just goes on and on day after day. It's like one hit on the damn pot, man. And it's like three days later, I'm still needing drugs to calm down. You sure they wouldn't like lacing that with I don't, meth or something, I don't know, man. man? It's possible. But how did the union help you? Okay, so way. the point is, yeah. <laughs> the union. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> I would have been fired. Yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that I was in a union. Okay. Okay, so uh, I went to the union office and I explained, I said to the lady, I said, listen, this is the, I gave her a brief scenario of what happened. Mm-hmm. And she goes, she goes, what, what are you talking about? And I said, she goes, how much weed did you have? I said, I just smoked, it was a joint. I smoked, I took one hit on a joint. And she's like, she, 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 you could see a disgusted look on her face. Like she couldn't believe that they wanted to fire me over this. Yeah. And so <clears throat> she says, I'll take care of it. And then she made a phone call. Boom. End of story. I'm yeah. back to work. Yep. Okay. Okay. And, um. So now my case was, as I, the, the whole story I just related to you is like mm. unusual to yeah. say the least. Yeah, very much so, yeah. But the, the moral of the story is the union had such power that, you know, the woman that I talked to could make a decision based on a brief conversation with me on, you know, how it was going to be handled. And what she decided is what got done. It didn't matter what Felix Rappaport had to say about it. Uh-huh. It mattered what she had to say about it. Well, coming from the left point of view, I would say, what's wrong with that? <laughs> well, I can't. And from coming from a personal experience, yeah. I agree. It's like, yeah. you know, you can say all you want to about uh, unions being bad, but under some circumstances in the modern world, uh, it's not bad. Okay. And this is the scenario I just painted for you, the story I just okay, told. You're freaking me out again. <clears throat> you surprised me with all these things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the th- the, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with my fellow libertarians and those who oppose, um, uh, who, who don't like unions, and they have legitimate reasons for not liking unions. I think that the time of unions has somewhat passed. If we go back in time and we look at the, where unions came from and how they got established, maybe you can talk about that. But, um, you know, they, they basically they, had, uh, they were working these long weeks. They didn't have weekends off. They didn't have 40 actually, hours a week. They, actually, it's about 10 to 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Children were working in right. uh, factories. All of that changed with the Fair Labor Standards Act in yeah. 1938, which gave us a 40-hour work week, weekends off, and outlawed children under the age of 14 from working mm-hmm. in the factories. If it wasn't for the unions mm-hmm. and organized labor, that wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was criminal what these uh, uh, industrialists um, were getting away with. Just say um, bourgeoisie, because that's, that's the I don't know term. what the right word is. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the uh, what, what was the term that was used at the time? It wasn't bourgeoisie. No, it was the, no, uh, no, just... Uh, Industrialists, yeah, industrialists, capitalists. Capitalist, uh, uh, there's another mostly industrial. Industrialists would probably be the right word. Uh, company owners, yeah. uh, moguls, whatever. Yeah. So these guys were pretty greedy. I mean, they were making so much money, and they didn't care. I mean, you you could pay a man a dollar a day, or you could pay a, a child a nickel, and so they they would they exactly. would employ children. So here's 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 my point with unions. Okay. Over the over this week, I've done a little bit of research uh, on unions, and, and <clears throat> unions started exactly with what we were talking about back in the 1850s, 1860s, when the Industrial Revolution was really kicking in, the second one, and, um, you know, there was a lot of organized labor. That's where, you know, uh, Karl Marx and the idea of communism came in 
was as a reaction to the abuses of the capital class, the bourgeoisie class, uh, against working people. So they, there was organized labor, there was uh, you know the Haymarket riots, I believe, that uh, the idea of unions nowadays, you think about people walking out, you know, carrying signs or a union rep and that kind of stuff. Back in those days, to to walk out, sometimes there was wars fought. There was people that were killed. Oh, it was brutal. Uh, by because they were in a union. Um, there like was the Teamsters. You know? the, the Teamsters. Now and then, of course, you know, as time went by, and I'm skipping a lot of the details because, frankly, I've forgotten most of them. But the problem, there is a problem with unions uh, in the modern day uh, situation. Uh, now, don't worry, I'm not going all libertarian or all Republican here. But um, the, the only, you know, the, the problem that I have seen and read about is that in the unions there has become, there has developed a hierarchy. Right, it's the seniority issue. It's the seniority issue, it's the union boss versus the rank and file union workers. And um, unfortunately, the union boss usually represents... Like any other type of organization, when you talk about people in the higher-ups, they are governed by self-interest. And so what has developed is the lessening of the voice of the rank and file. And, of course, in my research, I've, you know, the idea of a right-to-work state and uh, union dues. So in some states, if you go to work, even if you don't want to join the union you still pay union dues. And some people would say that's completely unfair. Well, let me tell you, if the union goes to bat for you and there's a collective bargaining contract, even if you're not a part of the union, you still benefit from that contract. Yeah, and because of that, you uh, whether you join the union or not, you're still going to pay some kind of dues. You still you still pay some kind of dues. Right. So the 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 only thing that, you know, me personally that I would say that I don't like about some of the modern unions is this idea of a hierarchy and that um, there is, at least in some some people's opinion, uh, they pay less attention to the rank-and-file worker. And again, anytime you look at any kind of human organization, if you don't keep an eye on it, that's exactly what happens. So... You know, you, you mentioned that you think that the time for unions may be over. Um, of course, I'm going to disagree. And, and the reason that I'm disagreeing is not to say that the abuses of the past continue verbatim. But when you're working in a capitalist system, the owners of the business, their primary goal is to make a profit. And the way you make a profit is you keep your costs low. And your costs are material costs and labor costs and overhead costs. And if you can, what you do is you hire the fewest amount of people for the least amount of money to keep your costs low to maximize your profits. Without a union or some sort of collective bargaining power, then the workers are going to be opened up to exploitation by the owners. Because it's not that unions are past their prime or that they're obsolete. A union is necessary to form a continual check on the greed of the capitalists.
monopolist on the greed of the business owner. So that's now, you know, again, that's 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 my opinion. And obviously the union benefited you, you know. And so I'm kind of interested. I'm going to ask you, Mark, to, to chime in here. Like, what is from the right's point of view, you know, from from the from the standpoint of the right, what's the problem with unions? What what what's the the right selling point on well, getting away with the you know, libertarian with uh, thing and the right and the you, you hear this all the time whenever this subject is discussed. Uh, the argument is that um, entrepreneurs uh, have a slim margin in order to make a profit, and you know it's better to have more business owners. Uh, because that creates more jobs and it keeps a thriving economy. And so the idea is that uh, unions become a parasite that kills the host. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, here's where this falls apart. If I'm working, let's say I'm working at, um, you know, let's, I'm working at Lazy Boy. You know, I, I use that. No offense to anybody, to any owner of Lazy Boy. It's just the first company that popped in my head. So if I'm working at Lazy Boy, and I am part of a union, and the union is, is you know, <clears throat> basically the workers are unionized. And uh, they are going against the, uh, the owner of this Lazy Boy plant. Well, wouldn't you say that it's in both of their mutual interest to make sure that the plant stays in business? Why would a union... Why would it be? Why would a, a union or even a union boss go against his own self-interest by working himself out of a job, by pricing himself out of a job? That doesn't make sense. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking about the word hierarchy that you used earlier, and <clears throat> yeah. uh, you, you know, um, you hear um, people on the right. Um, uh, rationalizing and justifying hierarchies is a good thing because it rewards competency. And you hear that all the time uh, in this argument. Strangely enough, though, when you start talking about unions, all of a sudden, they're opposed to it. They are all of a sudden, it sounds like they're agreeing with you that hierarchies are bad. I thought I heard you say that. <laughs> yeah. But the only time they say that is when it applies to unions. It's the only hierarchies they don't like. That's because it's costing them money. It's the only hierarchy they don't like. It's taking money but, out of their profit. But, but... But hold on. Now, if you if you support hierarchies because you believe it rewards people who are competent and it helps them to rise to the highest level and everything, then if you have a company, as the scenario you just presented, mm-hmm. and you have a organized labor in your company there, a union, and you're able then to have a dialogue with the leaders of that union, mm-hmm. those are people who are competent, who, who have risen to the top of this hierarchy. So now you're talking to a peer, essentially, someone yeah. who's competent, like you're competent, you're both competent, and you're mm-hmm. going to sit down and discuss what's best for the, the workers in the company together. Right. How is this a bad thing? I can't see how it would be, except for if you are an owner. You want total control. You want total control, and you want your labor as Mm -hmm. cheap as possible. Right. If you have a union, you're not going to be able to get your labor as cheap as possible, so you're going to hate the union because they are organizing your workers, and they are demanding fair wages. Yeah. I think that there's just a... I think that the opposition to unions is purely ideological. It's not based on the practice. They make the arguments that it's about practical concerns, but okay. I don't think that that's true. I think that's. I think people are 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 being a little disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I think that really it's an people who oppose unions are doing it purely on ideological basis. That for whatever reason, 
Um, they've identified as Republican, and Republicans are opposed to unions, and I'm a Republican, and therefore I'm opposed therefore to unions. Therefore I'm opposed to unions. Yeah, and I really think yeah. that's what it boils down to. Well, it could be. And it also works the other way around. People mm-hmm. who are uh, think, I'm a Democrat, I support the unions. So right. there's not a lot of thought process going right. on as to, you know, thinking about the intricacies of the dynamics. Uh-huh. Uh, that's Nobody really thinks about it. It's too complicated. There's too many moving parts. <laughs> I can't think about that. It makes my head hurt. Yeah. I'm a Democrat, I support unions. I'm I a just, Republican, I hate unions. I just believe what I'm told to believe. <clears throat> that's what it boils down yeah. to. I think this argument is real. It's like we were talking earlier. Mm. People uh, choose to believe things. Yeah. Well, there's so much information out there. Right. You choose to believe what you want to believe to fit into your schema, to right. fit into your, your view of the world. Right. And that's, that's, that, that's true for me. It's true for you. It's a human condition. It's, it is a human condition. Yeah. It certainly we, is. Um, we, we have some identity, uh, you know, like that we, uh, maybe we have, we're employed and we have a certain title in our job. We do this, and so that that's we identify. This is my purpose. When you meet somebody for the first time, you ask, "Well, what do you do?" Exactly. That's the <clears> first <throat> thing to do to get them talking. What do you yep. do, sir? What do you yep. do? Okay. Yep. And so you get the conversation going, and they're mm-hmm. going to tell you they make widgets, and you know mm-hmm. that conversation goes on for twenty minutes, and you, mm-hmm. you regret that you even asked, but because <laughs> you don't really give you a don't damn really about care widgets. about widgets. <laughs> But the thing is that... Um, the, but you want to sell them something, so that's why you ask them. That to person talk. talks about widgets because it's part of their identity. Right. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, uh, anybody who sells widgets dresses a certain way. Right. And anybody who... In. Yeah. I yep. mean, you know, it's expected. If you... Right. You know, I could have guessed that he was a widget salesman just by the way he was dressed, you know? Right. It's like right. he fits the part. You right. Know? And why? Because yep. that's going to help him be successful and, in that business. And, and that fits into his schema and, and what he wants to do and this kind of stuff. Right. Sure. So sure. if you ask that widget salesman uh, what he believes about this or that, he's, he's going to immediately... Uh, default to his schema, which is I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat, and so then he's going to default line. to the position of the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. And if if my party is pro union or my party is anti union, then I'm going to argue that case, whether I have experience or not, whether exactly. I have true knowledge or not, yep. it doesn't matter because I have to believe something, so I choose to believe this. Right, right, and and. We like our world nice and safe, don't we? Nice and knowable. Nice. It's it's hard to think outside the box. It's hard to have your, <laughs> your ideas challenged, you know. Uh, well, as far as uh, as far as the unions go, you know. It, uh, uh, well, do you know a guy named Milton Friedman? Of course. Yeah, Milton Friedman, big. Oh yeah. Very conservative. Oh yeah, um, economist. You know, economist. And yeah, he was the school. He's the what they refer to as the the Chicago School of Economics. Chicago School of Economics. See, you already know more about it than I do. Yeah, here's yeah. an interesting yeah. thing that most people are not aware of: is that uh, our former president from Chicago, the dark-skinned guy, uh-huh. you know, married to a woman named Michelle, but some people uh-huh. think is transgender. Oh, sorry, I just had to. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to slip that Man, in. Man, you libertarians, you, you people on the right, you just go straight for the throat and get personal. <laughs> First time I mentioned about Marx, you said Marx was a terrible guy. I couldn't take care of his kids. <laughs> well, I mean, good hey, God, man. The only, I fight dirty. I hit below the belt. Yeah, I guess. Okay, but not that I care. I don't care. I think it would be very interesting if that were true. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I would actually have more respect for the man. But anyway, the... Um, the point I was going to get to is that mm-hmm. he aligned himself with the Chicago School of Economics, which is as far right as you can get, mm-hmm. uh, Milton Freeman. Yeah. I mean, Milton Freeman, this is my gripe against Milton Freeman, is that 
he went down to uh, Argentina, or was it Chile? He went to Chile, and when um, Pinochet was the yeah, dictator, right. and he schooled uh, General Pinochet on how to radically transform his society when he became the dictator there, and uh, he wanted to. They called it privatizing. Uh huh. And he, and he was. Milton oh, Freeman was a big advocate of, of privatization, and so mm-hmm. uh, so basically. Um, all of the, the everything was socialized down there. They had the, the electricity <coughs> was socialized. The, right. All the public utilities, everything uh, in this culture and society was privatized. When, when you say was, socialized, what you really mean is state owned. It was state right? owned. Yes. And so what Milton okay. Freeman told Ch- General Pinochet is, "Hey, you need to get all your cronies together and let them have private enterprise, and they can own the electric company. They can yep. own so this so everything." And the advice was. Uh, to make this change radically in a short amount of time, like 30 days or something. Oh, boy. And it threw the whole country into chaos. And people, uh, the, the public, you know, think of the public as a union, you know, yeah. that could oppose this. Mm-hmm. Well, they weren't able to mobilize. Uh, they were in a state of shock. Sure. And, uh, in fact, um, uh, Naomi Klein wrote a book called The Shock Doctrine. Mm. And this is a very good book. Uh, I highly recommend it. And uh, it really was a paradigm shift for me. It changed my worldview when okay. I read this book. Because then I, I began to, you say Milton Freeman, she talks about it, how he, this is the story I learned from reading her book. And she calls it the shock doctrine. So the, the idea was we're going to implement a radical transformation <clears throat> from socialism to privatization overnight. Uh-huh. So quickly that people will be shocked and they can't and they react. They won't be able to react they to can't, They can't yeah. mobilize. They can't react to it. And then by that time... And this was a formula that they repeated, not just in uh, in, in Chile, Chile, but they started doing the same thing all over the place. You uh-huh. know? And, and it, the chickens came home to roost when there was a... Uh, uh, when the Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans because the, the, this, this system of privatization mobilized to take the land that was formerly... Black people lived in these neighborhoods that were poor neighborhoods and now right. they wanted to gentrify them and allow the property values to go up so the white people could buy these new condos that they were building so they pushed all the the poor people out and that's what and took their mineral rights and bought it for pennies on the dollar and everything happened so fast uh-huh. that nobody could realize what was happening so this privatization uh was implemented so that so when you say milton freeman this is what goes through my head sure okay. sure i was just talking about his uh you know his argument about uh about Unions and talking about how the most successful unions represent the most skilled people or the people that are already higher paid. And, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. If it is, um, great, but I would see a problem in that the lower paid people are the ones that need the unions most. Now, here's the thing that, that has been going on in the news. Fast food workers are starting to organize, finally, and uh, demand higher wages. Uh, so... You know, that's I don't know where I'm going with this, but well, here's but the that, pr- that that's that's a good thing. Uh-huh. That's what needs to be happening. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Well, I here's, mean, here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. Now, fifteen dollars an hour, I don't know. Okay, but there is a sweet spot where uh, these people can get paid and not get paid out of a job. Oh man! But they haven't had. A, uh, they haven't had a union. They haven't had, um, you know, uh, uh, collective bargaining before. Uh, when you think about somebody that's working for a fast food, you're thinking about people that 
this is the only job they can get. Yeah, but the know? thing is, if they get fired because they smoked some weed at the bus stop and got crazy, um, then they can go get another freaking job at the Taco Bell across the street or the Burger King. So, so <laughs> there's always that. I mean, you know, I mean, um, <laughs> well, yeah. The, the reason and they that can I still didn't go home and starve to death. The reason I didn't want eight dollars an hour. The reason I didn't want to lose my job uh, yeah. and why I was I, I was grateful for the union helping me keep my job was because it was a good paying job. And why so do you it, think it was that good paying job? Because it was a casino. They're making hand money hand over fist, and so they they the organized labor was in a position where they they could really put the pressure on. That's right. The uh, the the people making the money. But if there was no organized labor, them. do you think you would have made as much? What I'm saying is, if you can't compare a casino to McDonald's, no, but I, but in principle, what you can say is that, and they've done research on this, wherever there's unions, pay increases for workers. It just does. Yeah, but that's at the expense of the owners losing their profits. Yeah, exactly right. Which what puts the do? McDonald's out of business. Really, McDonald's out of business. There's well, some look, things. You know how much a, you know how much it costs to have a, 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 a franchise. You have to pay a million dollars a year just to have a McDonald's franchise. Okay. Okay. So if I'm an owner operator and I own a McDonald's, mm-hmm. um, I can I can make a profit of a penny or two on each item, and that adds up to a significant amount at the end of the day. I have maybe I, I take a three thousand dollar payroll to the bank every mm-hmm. day, but I have to out of that payroll I have to pay the employees, and and that's one of the chief expenses. So if I'm going okay. to be paying the employees and my costs drive up to where I'm only making a few dollars every day in profits, why would I continue to pay a franchise fee of a million dollars when I could say, screw this, I'll go find something else that's more profitable. Right, but here's the thing. I've never known a McDonald's to close down, right? And then why not just raise your prices just a little bit to cover that extra cost? Well, okay. the same argument can be made with raising somebody's salary. If you if you give somebody fifteen bucks an hour that works at McDonald's, uh, guess what? That the effect that that has on the overall economy, the prices of everything go up. But the, if and, and oh, now I love paying, this. Now, now I love it. Now, now we're having some fun. I've had this argument so many times. Oh my gosh! Well, you're going to win then because <laughs> I, I I don't normally argue this, but the, <laughs> I my biggest issue here is that we have uh, we don't have sound money. And we have inflation uh, because money gets printed for the purposes of, you know, paying a minimum wage or some ridiculous thing. And all it does is it it might help you for a few years, but then you're going to have to do it again because, you know, now you're paying 15, somebody 15 bucks an hour and the the price of gas and milk is way more than it was when they were getting paid 10 bucks an hour. Well, the key, the key, the key is, is, you know, everybody harps on the $15 an hour and I'm not saying 15 is the right number. But the key is, is that if you pay your workers more money, mm-hmm. they have more money to spend. And when they have more money to spend, that increases demand. And when that increases demand, that creates more jobs. So now if you pay them too much, yeah, you're, okay, going, you you're, going, you're going to increase your prices and you may price yourself out of a job. Look, back up because you lost me there okay. when you said... what. Say that again. Um, okay, so if you pay your, let's say you're you paying. You said it increases demand. How does it paying somebody more increase demand? I, when you I don't pay, get it. When you pay somebody more, uh-huh. then they have more money to spend. Okay, they have more okay. money to spend, so the economy starts booming. So the economy, I didn't say booming, but it would definitely improve the economy depending on how much money they were getting paid. Okay, 
So they have more money to spend, uh-huh. and when they have more money to spend, they want more things. That increases demand. Okay, so then okay, more now, businesses I... start to meet that demand. <sighs> okay, just cut taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Do away with taxes to hell with it. We don't need a government. That's the Screw liber- them. That's the Republican libertarian <laughs> solution. <laughs> I think yeah. I, I, folks, I think I got him on a corner here. I'm not sure. He's just he went straight to the cut taxes thing. Yep. So. <laughs> I had to pull it out of my pocket. Yeah. Uh, so so you are you think that just by paying people more that this is going to stimulate the economy and yes. I a, see a certain amount. Now, listen, you can pay them too much. It doesn't stimulate the economy. Look, more pe- poor people having more money it means that they're buying more cheap crap from from McDon- from uh, Walmart. And so maybe that's good for Walmart. Okay. Well, I mean, we're talking but, about a capitalist society. I mean, I'm not a capitalist. I'm only I'm trying to say this in the context here's what happens, of a though. capitalist society. Let's just play this out. Okay. Sure. So the Democrats raise the minimum wage. And poor people who work uh, that don't go and get better, uh, don't go and get an education and get better jobs are stuck working at flipping burgers. But we got to help them out, so we're going to give them fifteen bucks an hour to work at McDonald's. And so now they have more money in their pocket. They they go to to the Walmart. They spend more money at the Walmart, and that's all wonderful. What do the Republicans do? Well, they retaliate. So what okay. they do is they lower taxes for the rich, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've been uh, doing that for years, right? And so that stimulates the economy. That's good too. All right, so so we've got two little things that I'm hearing trickle down economics, which is does not work. Well, that's that's what that's what people like you will say. <laughs> but but here's what, and then and then comes a guy named Donald Trump, and he says, you know, uh, uh, um, these these there's a Chinese, the Chinese have a, a trade deficit with us. They're, it's not fair. They haven't opened up their markets, and so what we're going to do is we're going to put tariffs on mm-hmm. their in, products that are coming in. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are just and so what, consequently, all the prices at the Walmart are more expensive because all the Chinese products that are being sold at Walmart cost more money. So but guess that's who's, not the fault of raising the minimum wage. That's no, what Donald I'm saying Trump's is problem. you better raise the minimum wage because the people who who get paid minimum wage are the ones shopping at Walmart, they're and at they're Walmart. the ones who are getting hurt because Donald Trump is starting a trade war. Yeah. Okay, so he because he lowered taxes for the rich. Yeah. Right, you got you. You got me. I'm with you, baby. He, Go he, on. he lowered taxes for the rich, yeah. and he's going to make it up somewhere. So what is he going to do? He's going to he's going to put tariffs on the imports from China. So who does that hurt? Poor that, people that at hurts Walmart. Poor people. And once again, so now we got to raise it. Raise their. Uh, Hourly wages, and, and and here we go. Oh, it's a vicious let's, cycle. Let's go back to seventeen hundred and eighty nine, I believe. Yeah, seventeen eighty nine. Yeah, perfect, perfect example of exactly what you're talking about. And without unions, and without uh, agitators, and without uh, activists from the bottom up, what you get is a, is a France seventeen eighty nine scenario. You get the nobility. In this case, it would be the 1%. They don't pay taxes. None. The clergy, politicians, whatever you could equate it to, they don't pay taxes. None. So who gets to pay all the taxes? The third estate. Everybody else. But you know what? There's only so much we can pay. There's only so much that regular, normal people can pay. We were talking earlier before the podcast about the... uh, the budget that the United States has for the for the military, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, think about and, and almost three times China what China spends on military. And we're running. I mean, you can think you can anybody out there that wants to disagree with this, you can. But both Mark and I are agreed. The United States is running a worldwide global empire. Yep. So, what kind of money does that take? Well, you don't get that kind of money from some poor schmuck with a eighth grade education flipping burgers at uh, at McDonald's. You don't get that kind of money. But with this trickle down economics nonsense, no offense. Uh, and where you don't tax the rich, and you think that that helps the whole economy, but what do they do? They really just put it back into the stock market to make themselves more richer. How does that help? It doesn't help. So the third estate well, gets ends up paying this, and pretty soon we're going to have a, a lot collapse. of these. I'll, I'll grant you that it, when you do get these tax breaks and stuff, a lot of times people when money comes back into the U.S. for various reasons, um, what happens is a lot of times the companies will buy their own stock. And, yeah. so, and so that doesn't help anybody. No, it doesn't. So, um, yeah, th- this is a very complicated subject. Um, you know, I just kind of making light of the whole situation by, <laughs> by laughing about it. Driving me crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> I, um, you know, poking, poking fun at the it, what you consider to be a serious issue. <laughs> right. Um, I don't take it that seriously. It's like, whatever. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just go work at Burger King. Um, you know. Well, uh, but I did work. You mentioned a, a company, Lazy Boy, and at one yeah. time I I did work for them, and I got terminated um, because my ninety day period wasn't up, and they found out that I had got arrested for some activities here, um, and so the guy called me into the office. He says, "Bring everything that you brought with you," and I said, "Okay," and I was a little bit worried because that did sound a little ominous. Yeah, and he says to me, "Okay, there's your here's your paycheck." He pushed it across the desk at, with his finger, and uh-huh. he said, and then he pointed. There's the door. Go straight out and don't come back. Yep, that's what he said to me, word for word. I agree. Yeah, I I can believe. And it. I'm working my ass off at yeah. this job. Well, and see, if I had been in a union, if I had been there that long enough, would it never happen? Yeah, right. Would it? I know. Yeah. So I mean, uh, on some level, as a working man, I've been a working man all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been I when I, I've been I've been in these situations where I've been working minimum wage jobs. I worked. Really, the worst kinds of jobs working in chicken factories. Mm-hmm. I won't mention the name of them, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're not unionized, but they no. do provide uh, health benefits and various things for people, and and so I don't have a problem with you know with that. I think that you know there's room for different ways of doing things. I mean, unions have their place. I won't deny that, um, but I think that labor um, sometimes organized labor can be can, can become a, uh, a drain. On a company that can become the parasite that kills the host. I think all of these things are true, and it's complicated. There's no right or wrong. There's no 100% always one size fits all type uh, of thing. And I'm with you on that. And I'm with um, you on that. but you know what happened? I had a second incident when I was working at the hotel where now I told you the story uh-huh. uh, about how the, I, the union kept my job and I didn't get fired where I otherwise would have. And so as a that whole thing played out with the head of security for that hotel he he wanted me fired but he couldn't fire me because the union was protecting my job uh-huh. so he started watching my ass and looking uh-huh. for anything that i might do that he could use to, to terminate me he was right. on my, he was he made it his personal mission to come after me okay That's a lot of fun and so um uh one time this girl calls and i'm talking to her on the phone i'm doing mm-hmm. my job is to, to help her to get a room book a room, reservation mm-hmm. and she's asking me a lot of leading questions like is there anything fun to do and she's flirting with me and blah blah, blah. Uh-huh. and um so 
I, um, I said, well, you know, I can't stay on the phone with you because I need to make other calls. I tell you what, why don't you just give me your email address and I can send you an email and tell you about some other fun things to do in Vegas because you've never been here before and whatever. Okay. So, um, my real motivation was that she worked at a, she worked in Portland where my brother lived and she worked at a hospital and my job, my brother's a nurse and I wanted to help him get a job. Okay. So I had an ulterior motive, but it wasn't to get in her pants. Like right. they, they assumed that when right. they listened to the phone call. Right. Anyway, um, so what happens is she ends up calling in. I, uh, I sent her an email. Uh, a few days went by. I had her email address in, my, in a piece of paper. I stuck it in my pants. And then a few days later, I pull it out. I see the email. I'm like, oh, let me just send her an email. So I sent her an email. It was perfectly innocent. I didn't suggest anything impure, immoral, or whatever. Right. I just said, hey, there's, here's three things that are fun <clears> to do. You can go to the stratosphere. You can go to the aquarium. You can do this. And is, is there anything else fun that you'd like to do while you're in Vegas? And I, that was the email. Uh-huh. Okay, so they... they they read that because As... she 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 sent it to them and said that I don't feel like I'm comfortable staying in your hotel because one of your workers is like, you know, sent me a personal email and I think that's unprofessional. So I think I should be able to stay in your hotel for free. But didn't she give you the email? Yeah. But now now she wants to use it as leverage to get a free stay in the hotel. Oh, yeah. And at okay. the cost of me getting my ass hung, and hung up to yeah, dry. Right. Which right. is totally unfair, right. but she didn't care. Yeah. And so, uh, so now the head of security has a reason to can me and he, yeah. he comes after me with both barrels, man. Yeah. He was like, I don't believe you. I think you're a stalker, he says to me. Oh, boy. And I said, well, that's just your opinion, man. You know? <laughs> and, I love it. <laughs> and so th- this whole thing went on. And so I, I was put on suspension for three days. And the bottom line is the union once again saved my li- uh, job yeah. because there was nothing written in the employee handbook that says you can't email somebody. All I did was yeah. provide customer service above and beyond my call, the call of duty. How is this a crime? I mean, you know what I mean? But yeah. they wanted to turn this into something sexual. Like I was somehow like uh, a deviant. Like I was trying to take advantage of right. this young girl. And right, right, right. Make- <laughs> because of this guy's personal grudge. D- did you have to pay any union dues? Oh, yeah. What? what ha- were they expensive? Oh, Were I they think ridiculous? The statistics they... are for unions across the country, if you average it out, the I looked this up before the podcast, the average union dues, when you add it up, amounts to like two months of work. That seems pretty high. Two months yeah, of work? It can't be right. No, no. I, I heard I mean, it was two like, weeks. Maybe it's two weeks. Two weeks of work yeah. is the average yeah. union due. Okay. That sounds so, better. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. you know... Uh, Depending on the, your pay or whatever, it could be somewhere between like two hundred and fifty or four hundred dollars a year. A year, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. I mean, from the story you told me, I think that'd be kind of worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got these people, uh, these evil capitalists, who are out to get you. That's right. Say and, again. You know, yeah. they're. I mean, this 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 head of security. This guy, he was a he was a bozo. This guy uh, who was a head of security, he was a former cop from Chicago. Oh boy, power trip. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and he, he 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 looked like one of these uh, tall, dark, and handsome guys in Hollywood. Like you know, I'm thinking that might play in a mafia movie. You know, oh, what I mean? yeah, and yeah, right. like you know, he had acne scars on his face, and you know, he smoked <laughs> cigarettes all the time. And, Somebody from Wise Guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like you know, he should be sitting next to Abe Bogota or something. Yeah, you, know? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? <laughs> So you know, he's, am I funny? Do I amuse you? Do I amuse you? I'm about to hear to amuse you. So <clears throat> yeah, and like this guy was coming after me, like yeah. he's like calling me a stalker and saying he didn't believe me and all this and all that. Yeah, yeah. And I just did, a, I just pulled a dude on him, you know, like the big Lebowski. I'm like, well, that's just your opinion, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, oh, but boy. I enjoyed the. They, I mean, every I was locked in a room for like a good. 20, 30 minutes where these people were just taking shots at me. There was like four of them and one of me. Wow. I didn't, and, and, you know, the union, 
that was a violation of union rules. I should have had a union yeah, rep. Yeah, you should have had a union rep there yeah. with you. But I didn't ask for one, see? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because you so, probably didn't know, did you? Well, I was young and naive and uh -huh. scared and didn't know what right. to say. Right. And didn't know yeah. how to defend myself and didn't know, what, yeah. you know, I, should I, what would be the consequences if I use my rights and blah, blah, blah. Right. So I was just, it, to me, all life is just an experience. I go through life, you know, it's, it's just, I'm a scientist, okay? And sure. I'm, I'm constantly doing um, experiments. Yeah. At my own expense. Kind of like Keith Richards. Right? Trial and error. Trial and error. It's like, okay, if I get fired doing this, at least I can talk about it on a podcast. Right. 10 years from now. Yeah, right. Um, sure. Let's just find out. You know, fuck it. Uh, I'll, just go to, I'll just go to jail. I'll go to prison. Whatever. Yeah, what the hell? Just, just so I can talk about it on a podcast. You, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You I have mean, something interesting to talk about. I have something about. interesting yeah. to talk about. Uh, well, I'll tell, tell you what. On, on a, you know, you're, you're, make, you're, you're, you're having a laugh, but I, I'm, you know, this, this is kind of close to my heart, but I've never been part of a union. Because I've never, I live in Arkansas, and Arkansas is a right-to-work state, mm -hmm. which means that if you go to work for any company, you have a right to choose if you don't want to be in the union or if you want to be in a union. And if the union is there... If there is one. If there is one... Right-to-work to, right really means you have right to be fired. Exactly. Cause, and if there is a union there, you don't have to pay any kind of union dues. Mm -hmm. So... The, the idea, I think that what gives right to work such power is ignorance. Because, you know, here I am talking to a libertarian and he's, he's telling me, you know, I'm talking to the three people out here that are listening to us. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm talking to you, Mark, and you're telling me how the union helped you out. Well, that's because I work shitty jobs all my life. If I yeah. was a libertarian who made a lot of money being a graphic artist or a web designer and uh, was driving an expensive car and had a hot girlfriend, I'd have a different opinion, wouldn't I? Well, absolutely. You would say, right to work, right to work. Yeah. Yeah, because you got this high-demand job, high pay, because, you know, but you I'd be indoctrinated not... by my identity. <laughs> I believe things that were I was expected to believe because I'm a exactly. widget salesman. Without ever considering, and this, yeah. is, this is the important part right here. I think I like what you're saying. What, you know, you'd be indoctrinated because you're, you know, whatever you are because of your status in life mm -hmm. without ever considering mm -hmm. what it's like to not be you. And I think that right. if, if I was to, you know, if me and you were to, or at least me, I, I can't speak for you, but if I was to get anything across to people is before you hold a political belief and you just toe the party line, why don't you consider what it's like to not be you? You know? Right. And for me, you know, I have a, my, my daughter's father-in-law owns a small company. And, uh, you know, he employs my daughter and his son and then I think one other person. And, you know, he's making pretty good money. So, you know, from one point of view, it would be like, you know, why should he, you know, why not, you know, why can't all of his employees own the company at the same time? Okay. So that would be my view, right? But... Oh, I bet on, he loves his father-in-law. Uh, oh, yeah. But on the other hand, this guy is taking the risk. So I'm not right. afraid to say this, uh -huh. you know. This guy's taking the risk. This guy has started... What, the, what risk is it? The, the risk of, of getting a low credit rating at the bank? The risk of going bankrupt and losing his house. Yeah, which would affect his, his, his uh, credit rating at the bank. Sure. I don't think his house is. I don't think he's going to lose his house. No, I don't know enough of the details. But uh, just, and now you're now you're arguing my point. You're you're killing me here. But uh, all I'm saying is is that you know before I make total judgment uh -huh. on you know a, a business owner, uh -huh. 
then, you know, maybe it's a good idea for me to think about what it's like for him. And before well, any yes. business owner makes total judgment on the employee mm-hmm. may, or the immigrant, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they should take a few seconds out and think about what it's like for them. You know, one of our early podcasts, we talked about different personality types, different temperaments. Yeah. And uh, there are people who are gifted in the making money. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And they there, drive me nuts. Yeah. There are people who, who <laughs> you know, so... Um, it takes all kinds to make the world go around, I guess yeah. you'd say. Mm-hmm. And um, so the thing is that not everybody can be an entrepreneur no. uh, or be successful at it. Um, some For people sure. might want to call themselves being an entrepreneur, but that doesn't mean that they are. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not an easy thing. It takes a certain skill set. And you know, people who are successful at it usually got started early. Yeah. In their uh, life, they, they they maybe were selling lemonade outside mm-hmm. the house, and they, right. they learned how to negotiate um, and and exchange goods and services and make the customer happy and what have you. Um, and uh, so, what am I? What what is my point? My point uh-huh. is um, added to that is the the twenty eighty rule, which is that. Um, 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. And yeah. so this is a universal thing that you find in nature. It's mm-hmm. not just it's not just human hierarchies. It's every hierarchy. It's, it's true of, in the animal kingdom. It's, it's true in, in everything. Like I, I gave you the example of when you take a bunch of paper clips and you dump them on the floor. And you right. start putting them together. And when right. you string them out, you find that, okay, there's one string that's really long. And there's a couple of them that are you know consecutive, a little long, and then there's the rest. Okay, So that's uh-huh. how what happens is... The first to market is all like Bitcoin, for example. Bitcoin mm-hmm. is in the lead position, not because it's better in some way, but, but because, because they were first. first to market. Yeah. And so there's there's this uh, network effect that happens, right? People mm-hmm. talk about this all the time, and you find it everywhere. So there are some people who are uh, they 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 they're successful in in one area, and they kind of rise up in the the um, status of what you might call a hierarchy or a pyramid structure. They reach a certain status, and at that point, now, people are like wanting them to do a book deal. People are wanting them... I mean, all these opportunities start coming at them. They're not even looking for it. Right. And so what that does is have a network effect where they can actually be successful in many different fields that they may not have knowledge in or whatever. Uh-huh. And so th- then, you know, so... They, they're competent in one thing. They became good at one thing. And all of a sudden, when they get to a certain level, then boom, the, the, it's a watershed event. And it's, sure, sure. I mean, and, and, you know, and, and that's great. Um, so but that's not everyone. The, and, the, it, and it's not. It can't um, be everyone. It can't be because that's just not possible. And I have, I have respect for folks like that. But my issue is once you hit that mark... And uh, once you get so big, you know, um, you know, Jesus of Nazareth had a saying. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to preach to you. Here it is. He said, to whom much is given, much is required. And so once you reach a certain amount. I don't think he's talking about paying higher taxes. (laughs) He's talking about your responsibility. Yeah, but look, if, if the system that we have will allow companies to get a tax break if they donate to a nonprofit charitable organization. And that uh-huh. seems to work pretty well. Because the, the, the companies don't want to pay the higher taxes. Then they're free to give their money to the Crystal Bridges or whatever. Uh-huh. And so big, you know, the Walmart family, they, they build a nice museum and everybody enjoys it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. and, you know, churches get money that way. Uh, 
political organizations like Amnesty International, uh, various other things, they, they are, they're financed through donations that are tax deductible. And so that seems to be a really good method. Of, of of distributing the wealth and and, and provide you know some, doing things that need meeting needs where the government is incompetent and would never do. So let, let me ask you a question. You know, uh, it, again, I'm not going to deny a lot of that, but let's take a look at you know this museum up in Bentonville. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So it's a beautiful place. I've yeah, been there I was just there times. last night it's, listening it's, to some live music. It's gorgeous, and there's a, a portrait of George Washington I've been wanting to see my entire life, and I finally got to see it. It's 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 great. It's beautiful. Do they have his wooden teeth in a glass case? Uh, no, but no. I bet they do in the archives somewhere. Uh, they should buy that immediately. The, <laughs> <laughs> but here's the point I'm making: is I wonder if people that are working for places like McDonald's, if they would rather have a beautiful museum. Or a car that works. Oh, now but see, Walmart made its choice to do this. That's fine. I, I suppose they can do what they want to with their money. But there's still a responsibility that companies like that have to society as a whole. Well, they look... Especially they, to the employees that work for them. When they're paying them eight bucks an hour or ten bucks an hour, and then I think McDonald's no, no, has on its website no, how to yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. they do not have a responsibility oh, to the employees that are getting paid eight bucks an hour except to pay them eight bucks an hour. And what that employee does with that eight bucks an hour is their responsibility. Think Let's about, get that straight. Think about think about how yeah eight bucks an hour. That's okay. It's the, it's so, not the, it's not McDonald's, it's not Walmart's job to be the parent to the employee and tell them how to behave and what to do with their money and how. To no. entertain themselves. No, and- but it is their responsibility to, uh, and that's again, now we're into the matter of opinion, but it's <clears throat> it's their responsibility. You know, think about it like this. How okay. is it their responsibility what their employees do with their money? It's not. Okay. But it is their End responsibility to pay them enough to be healthy and happy if they so choose to. Uh well, the, the, the employer is not the government. I mean, I mean, you make it sound like they, they're supposed to be a nanny state. The employer is like some kind of providing for the employees. Like, you know, I don't, I think it'd be nice if they, like, take for example, the, there's a company out in Gentry or all over the place, Simmons, they're right down the street. Uh-huh. They have a, <clears throat> they provide health care for their employees. They yeah. have, they have a, uh, you can go see the nurse. If you've been working there for 90 days, you can go to the, to the and get the health care, top, yeah. top. Top-notch healthcare. Yeah, and I worked for Simmons for a while. So, <clears throat> so yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that would be an example of mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you would, uh, you're arguing that it's but, better to do that than to build a museum and put in, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln's, you know, bed or, or <laughs> George Washington's wooden teeth to look at. What you know, I'm walk what around. I'm, what I'm saying <clears throat> is, is that you know, someone. Okay, so in a purely capitalist, I think that I've heard the term anarcho-capitalist, uh-huh. and uh, you know, I've. I've did a little bit of research on uh-huh. that because it fascinated me. Uh-huh. But in a, in a purely capitalist state or a purely capitalist society, let's not say state because that has uh-huh. to do with the government, then, um, you know, there is no regulation on the capitalist system. Free enterprise free, regulates itself. Free the enterprise idea. regulates itself. Yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't regulate itself because here's well, what happens. All you have to do is look back in history. Man, I'm having a good time here. Just bear with me. Okay. All you have to do is look back in history into the late 1800s 
and the uh, the second industrial revolution, the United States government practiced what was called laissez-faire, right. hands off. So we, you know, the government, not we, because I'm certainly not part of the government, but the government allowed the capitalist system to work to, without interfering with it, without, without regulating it or anything else. And what did you have? What you wound up with mm-hmm. is the robber barons. Right, and then but you also had the the mafia pushback. So you had the casinos being owned by the mafia, and you had the unions being the Teamsters Union and various other unions being that influenced by the mafia. That's right. I mean, yeah. Jimmy Hoffa is buried right. in the back in the back forty somewhere because yeah. you know, there was a mafia connection there. Okay, yeah. And wh- what was that about? That was about the big, all the pension funds, right? So yeah. you know, people join the union. They we're talking about unions here. Uh, people join the union, they pay union dues, and they don't. They, they may only work for the union for a year or six months. Well, what happens to the money that they put in? Right. Do they get it back? No. It, it, does it go to somebody else uh, down the road? No. It just sits there, collecting interest. And guess who gets their hands on it? The, the mafia. The mafia. That was or what the was union going on. bosses or right. the, whatever. Now, so there's corruption there. But, so, okay. yeah. So I, what I, my, argument is, my argument is not... <clears throat> Um, I'm I'm not saying unions are acceptable 100% of the time just as they are. Okay, I, I, I just intentionally just sabotaged yeah, your you whole... Yeah, you did. You so, did really I'm great. I'm sorry. Okay, so I'm let's sorry. Go, go back. Go let's back. go back. Yeah, let's go. That wasn't Good fair. Job. That wasn't was, fair. It wasn't fair, but right. you're a good debater. I need to be on my toes a little bit better. You're... Yeah, you're better than some of the kids I work with. All right, so anyway, about changing the subject. But uh, anyway, here's the thing. If you if you allow capitalism to develop mm-hmm. unhindered, what you get is you get the robber barons. You get <laughs> what you have now. You get the 1%. And here's the thing. Capitalists are not interested in... Now, if you're a small business owner, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about once you've gotten so big, mm-hmm. people cease to be people. They are only numbers, they are only expenses, and your goal is to maximize your profit and keep your expenses as low as possible. And if there is nothing in there that regulates that, or if labor doesn't unite and stand up to that, then what you have is another form of slavery. And so when I say Walmart's responsible to the people that work there, I'm not talking about how they should be, you know, everybody's nanny. What I'm saying is, is that if the company will not be responsible for the welfare of the people, then the people have to unite and be responsible look, for their own welfare. Look, okay, you're, you're making, all right, let me just, let's stop right there. Okay. And, and we're talking about unions. Yeah, we're okay? talking about unions. And, and yeah. you're saying that Walmart does, could do more for the employees and should. Absolutely. Um, that's not a good argument for unions. Well, Okay, yeah, here's the thing. What I, what I mean is is that Walmart could and should, but it's not. But look, so therefore, have... there's a need for a union to make sure that it does. Okay, uh, there, at one time in this history, there was a need for unions because there were evil corporations, but to then... But now all the corporations for, are really sweet, right? Look, even if you think that even if you think that Walmart is an evil corporation, it's still, that's not a good argument for unions, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because okay. we have... Laws that have been passed about the forty-hour work week and no children being okay, the federal government is in a position. Look, let's just take the chicken factory down the street. Yeah. Okay. There's the, the most powerful person with the most authority I've ever met in my life 
was someone who wears a white coat in a chicken factory, and they have a, a little thing on their lapel that says the USDA. USDA. Yes, sir. I mean, they say jump, you say how high, yeah. right? And, you know, yeah. they don't, their job is not to interface with the employees. They don't tell the employees what to do. Right, and but, they don't regulate the wages either. If, if I decide I'm going to take an unscheduled smoke break, and as a consequence, the machine that I'm supposed to be cleaning is dirty, guess what? The USDA guy walks by, he sees it, he finds the company $3,000. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is not a union that that's doing this. This is the government that's doing this. You don't but, think that Walmart has faced the same kind of regulations? What does they that have, have to do with how much the, a worker gets paid? What I'm saying is that <clears throat> people want to say that Walmart is an evil corporation, or, or just as an example, there could it's be not evil. It's just a corporation. What I'm it saying exists for the, yeah. for the maximizing of profit, and so right. there has to be some balance to that. Well, the balance is out of whack already because you have a government that puts people in white coats called USDA that comes in and finds them $3,000 because some chicken fell on the floor. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. It goes a little way out there. Okay, so so now we want to unionize labor on top of it? I mean, it doesn't, to me, it's like, okay, um, there was a time when the, the government was, didn't have these, uh, OSHA and USDA and all these other systems in place to to insist that the company do their job and and hold up these standards for right. the public health and what have you again late 1800s so the so the, the employees were getting screwed and there was a need for uh unions but now i don't see that well you know again it's all about context so if you if you live in the uh, you know if you were living in the late 1800s you know, the best, you know, the idea of having a 40-hour work week would be like heaven, you know. Um, but now we have a 40-hour work week. But the, the the situation is, is that some some folks, think about um, farm workers. I was listening to a TED Talk about um, try, uh, 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 following the steps of uh, Cesar Chavez and organizing farm workers. Uh, yeah, he scoffs. All right, so Caesar Chavez. <laughs> so I can't even say it with a straight face. Yeah, oh, right. Like oh, anyway, okay. So um, th- you know, there's still jobs out there, and I'm not talking about the United Auto Workers. I'm not talking about the you know uh, electricians or the carpentry unions and this kind of stuff. You know, those, I think that in some situations you have a hierarchy and there's a lot of opportunities for corruption, mm. right? I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you on any of that. Mm. But what I'm saying is, is that there's still areas in our economy where the jobs are very low pay. And they're low pay, not because the people don't deserve better pay, but because the companies operate under the capitalist system and the capitalist system is maximize profit and minimize costs well we talked about immigration uh yeah. and this is this plays into what you're discussing because sure. you know uh, if you're going to have a minimum wage and then people who live in the society can either d- figure out how they can earn more money and rise above that minimum wage through education or mm-hmm. training or whatever mm-hmm. um and then those jobs open up and you need to fill them. So what do you do? You open up your uh, your borders and you bring in immigrants and you put them to work at minimum wage. Right. So that seems to be the way the system works. Now, are you arguing against that? Because it seems to work fine. What's the problem? Well, all I'm arguing about is the correct amount of the minimum wage. I 
yeah, that's that's great. But what you know, you, you say we're bringing in immigrants. I don't know. Donald Trump doesn't want any immigrants. No, they're all going to work at McDonald's when because now at McDonald's you don't have to talk to somebody who makes change because they don't know how to make change. Yeah, you know, know, you, you give them a twenty dollar bill and, and then you say, oh, it's a dollar fifty. Let me give you fifty cents. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Well, I'm giving you two quarters and you're going to give me. Uh, <laughs> so you don't have to give. Let yeah, me and explain. I've heard and I've heard the argument of you know, and I've seen this. You know, they're gonna, <laughs> they're putting kiosks right. in, in McDonald's. Right. And so you don't even have those. to speak English. I mean, we can bring people in from Honduras, and we can put them in the work at McDonald's, that's going to free up all the um, you know high school dropouts to now go get jobs as graphic artists. I mean... <laughs> Make their own comic books, right? It's going to be great. Oh, uh, yeah. It's okay. going to work. It's going to work. Here's the thing. You it's know, working. Th- this idea What's of the, the, the kiosk thing, it's going to happen sooner or later anyway. Because if you're yeah. paying a guy $5 an hour, if you're paying a guy $50 an hour, mm-hmm. if you put in a kiosk, you pay nobody $0 an hour. So it's going to happen anyway. So that's not a result. Plus, there's of better this... pay. That's a result of technology and greed. That's all that is. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm. You know, I can't wait till the robots just take over. Oh and, yeah. You know, I just read and... iRobot by Isaac Asimov. Oh, did you? Very interesting book. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good the, book. The uh, the robot stage a revolution at some point, right? Well, no, no, they don't. And and you know, let me go off the rails yeah, for just yeah. a second. So the book actually chronicles the development of these various robots. Uh-huh. By the end of the book. You have, uh, I think it's five what they call brains. Five brains. Five brains. And it That's made me think of the internet automatically. Okay. Five brains. That's three too many. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. So these five brains basically formulate, um, you know, the input and the output for each one of their five regions of the globe. They talk about hiring and firing. They talk about wow. uh, what to invest. And the people simply... Do it. Wow. Okay. I didn't know it was that involved. That's oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, but the point is, mm-hmm. that's really scary about the book, mm-hmm. is this doesn't happen suddenly. It happens gradually. They start out with simple robots that can't even talk, but then gradually and slowly, these robots evolve mm-hmm. into these machines. They, do, they don't even have bodies. Does mm-hmm. that sound familiar? Like the internet? They, they they develop into these machines that think like 10,000 times faster than a human being. Mm-hmm. And one fella um, thinks that the robots are making a mistake. So that like a, just a small mistake, like uh, the uh, income of iron ore was off by 10,000 or something like that. And so he goes to investigate it. And what he finds is, is that the machine had orchestrated the thing to be off by 10,000 so the employee that was unhappy at his job could be moved to another job to be happier. It mm. was incredible. Mm. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a little dated because it has robots walking around like 10 men and, you know, the 1960s yeah. version of robots. No, Isaac Asimov was a genius, yeah. uh, you know, mathematician and really smart guy. He would have loved to been hit the Bitcoin revolution, I'm sure. Yeah. He didn't see that coming. But um, no. he, was, he was very future... Uh, he had a... He was a futurist. He could see a lot of things coming, and, mm-hmm. you know, he, and this is the great thing about science fiction: is he works out a lot of these. The fundamental thing about the iRobot was that he was the first person to put down the idea of how you prevent the artificial intelligence from overtaking human beings is by having a law 
an immutable law. The three law. laws. The right, three the laws. three laws. And mm-hmm. so he originated that, and I think that I think it became a consensus later that this was genius, and this is the mm-hmm. way we should move forward, is we have to protect ourselves from artificial intelligence, and we do that by his three laws. The only issue, though, is, is that the machines took over anyway... Yeah operating for the benefit of <laughs> right. humanity according to those three laws yeah, and nobody yeah. even knew it was happening. Right. That See this is what this is out. what you liberals want to do. You want to take <laughs> over for the benefit you're, you want to take over for the benefit of the guy progressives. Who, yeah, you prefer want, the term for progressive yeah, nowadays. T- t- the people working at McDonald's, flipping the burgers. You know, it's really important that uh, <laughs> that we per, that, that we give them a bump in pay so, because they're not happy. Uh, uh, um, yeah, so we're going to create artificial intelligence and to take to take over into you know. And to provide for the needs of the uh, the immigrants who just came to this country that don't speak English that work at McDonald's, and, and, you know. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, man. <laughs> I think you're trying to blend all of our topics into one sentence there or something. <laughs> I'm just keeping track. Of oh, all right, God. So, That's so um, funny. Speaking of technology, I read something this week that was shocking. Uh, not yeah. really shocking because, you know, I actually had talked about this and thought about this. My brother and I had an idea for a science fiction novel. Speaking of oh. science fiction. Okay. We were going to call it Mind Print. And basically the idea was that in the future, um, you would be able to, uh, in, instead of a lie detector test, you would go into the courtroom and they would, before you go to court, they would do a mind print, like a, like a lie detector test. Oh, okay. And they would be able to do a scan of your brain and to determine... You know, whether what you're saying is true or not, based on this highly uh, evolved way of printing your mind. Maybe they could see right. into your mind and see what you're thinking. Right. And lo and behold, this is now, technology is it does exist to do this. Okay? I was reading about it uh, wow. just this week. They, they can actually take images from your brain. They can see what you're thinking about. Really? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it was, 10 crazy. years ago... This was an idea for a science fiction novel. Right. We were saying, what if this happened? And we didn't really believe right. that you know, it could in our yeah. lifetime. Right. But sure it enough, is. it has. Yeah. So, I mean... <clears throat> do, you, do you know what double... I mean, we're way off the subject of unions here, but hell, let's just roll with it. Who cares about unions when you can print <laughs> images from my brain? <laughs> wow. That's so much cooler. And it's so much easier for Mark to talk about because I have the upper hand. Wow. Uh, anyway... <laughs> if, we took a, if we took a picture of the average Democrat's brain, what, what images would we see? Oh, man, you're killing me now. Oh, that one has, oh, oh, do you know what, uh, have you ever heard the term doubling time? No. Okay. So, when I when I first heard it, I was like, yeah. So, doubling time, again, having nothing to do with politics or unions. Now we're talking science fiction, which tells me we're probably needing to get off the air. But um, doubling time refers to how long it takes the human race mm. to double the amount of knowledge that it has. Mm. So, in centuries past, doubling time was typically centuries. Mm-hmm. Doubling time now, last I heard, was eight years. Wow, eight years. And so, then that and will increase? it becomes short. Be four years? It, yeah, yeah. It, it gets shorter each, like a hockey each year passes. Yeah. Wow. So, think yeah, so, about that. So, there's this doubling time. And at the same time, there's this expectation of the what they call the singularity, which is uh-huh. the uh, artificial intelligence becomes you know super smart, way smarter than any human with this quantum computing, etc. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, so this is right upon us. They're saying it's like a few years away. Oh man. And um, now the doubling time thing is interesting. So you mm-hmm. say that 
that knowledge has doubled, or what the, the what you could eight years ago we know we know twice as much yeah. as what we as what we did eight years collectively ago. as a species collectively as a species. Okay, so here's the thing. Now this does tie into the whole question of unions because oh, um, I want to see how he does this. All right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the thing about unions is what we're talking about is what is fair and equitable for the members of society to get compensated for the wealth that exists within the society, right? Yes. Okay. Well, what is wealth? It's knowledge, isn't it? I mean, what is wealth? Wealth means, see, at one time, human beings just, we just sat around a campfire in a cave. But then we learned how to ride horses, and we learned how to build spears, and we learned how to... So every time we created a better condition for the humanity was because we acquired knowledge that we didn't have before, and that knowledge made, created a better standard of living. Over time, we the knowledge, it, that's wealth. That's what money is. That's what wealth is. So it's knowledge, right? And so what you're saying is that there's a doubling of time or knowledge, and so what that's doing is it's creating more wealth and more wealth and more wealth. So theoretically, if we're if we're doubling time every eight years, why are we worried about unions? Fuck it. We're all going to get... We're all just going to be... <laughs> We're all just going to be, be living on a beach doing yeah. artwork. Loaded, baby. Universal basic income. There you go. There you go. That's another thing. Do you know what that is? You've heard that, haven't you? The utopian wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, have th- I think look, you have heard of it. <laughs> look, I mean, if, That has nothing to do with the unions either. But <laughs> Well, it has to do with money and wealth. And, yeah, you know, and So this is all tied together. And I sure. do I do want to live on a beach in Tahiti or yeah. something. You know, I'm going to have to stay away from Thailand because, you know... <laughs> Uh, I they'll, thought, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll throw you in jail oh for uh, doing what you want to. So the, the, briefly, there's a story about a guy who he and his partner, his wife or girlfriend, um, they, they, they have resources because he invested in Bitcoin uh, 10 years ago when it was just after 2009. He got into Bitcoin and he had lots of it. So he made a lot of um, profit from that. And then he, he's retired now. So what he did was he wanted, he's kind of libertarian. He thought the idea of having your own micro country was a good idea. So he went and built this like floating island. It's a little cabin that sits on a buoy in the middle of the ocean. And he put it out off site, off the coast of Thailand because he thought he was in international waters and his wife or girlfriend was Thai, she was a citizen of Thailand. And, you know, prices are cheap there so he just he thought this was the ideal place the the, the weather was right and everything was perfect so he was going to have his own little nation state right there on this little little space that was like no bigger than a jail cell floating <laughs> in the middle of the ocean on a buoy okay and because he cared about liberty he wanted freedom and this is what he was willing to do with his money so that's what he did it's wonderful i love it i support him but guess what uh the dictatorship of Thailand, uh, they're not so friendly. You know, they, they, they started thinking, hey, this guy is built, he, he's not paying taxes. We've got to put a stop to this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't matter that he's in international waters. Technically, this is our sovereign territory because this is our fishing uh, territory. So, uh-huh. so the, the, you know, the, the big ship with the big guns came out and they, they confiscated the little cabin floating in the, in the middle of the ocean and they drag it back to the shore and now he's facing charges with uh, violating their sovereignty. So the, 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 the punishment for that is life in prison or death. Wow. Just because yeah. he wanted to be free, man. Yeah, yeah, he just wanted to be yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know what the purpose of every government in the world is, right? To stay in power. To stay in power. Right. And any challenge against their power that's yeah, what you get. Yeah, so if you're going to start your own micro country, you better be cautious about. You better get your uh, get your defense, get your defense budget up to about ninety percent. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, you better be careful who's um, 
where you park your little cabin in the in the in the ocean. Right. Um, <laughs> be careful about whose shipping uh, lanes you're in and whose fishing and whose fishing grounds you're at. Uh, That's like, right. So, oh my God. <laughs> but um. Jeez. Oh man. Well, we need to find some common ground on this, and then. Uh, call it good i think we've been all over the map here man it's been i'll tell you what mark it's been a hell of a ride i've enjoyed this this, ah, this ah. conversation <laughs> yeah well this is what happens when we don't prepare yeah see see if we had if we had written down notes to really have a true argument and a debate like a college debate and i make my point you make your point what kind of it, fun would that be no fuck that. We're, we're called dimwits for a reason that's man. right thank you I mean, you gotta live up to the name man. that's right <laughs> So I think the common ground that we could probably find is that unions typically are a good thing, but when there's a hierarchy involved, there's a lot of room for corruption, and that's when unions are a bad thing. Well, I w- you say that. I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, I mean, that's a true statement, but it's yeah. not one that I think needs to be made. Um, okay. I, you know, the because, you know... Anytime you have a pyramid structure, you're going to have, uh, in my experience, it, there's going to be people who are competent that will rise to the top. That's the good part of it. Uh-huh. But then uh, you have incompetent people that get wedged in there as middle management. And that's because the people at the top don't want to surround them with other competent people. They'd rather have incompetent people around them to protect themselves. <laughs> right? right? So, yeah. So that's yeah, the whole problem. Right. So mm-hmm. you see that in the, in the company and you see it in the union. Yeah. So, you know, one is not worse than the other. And as far as I'm concerned, if they're going to play against each other, then that's fine with me. Because I step outside of it. I'm just the guy who wants a job. And, you know, and so if, the, if it's better for me as a, as a working man to work in, to have an employer where there's unionized labor, then these two corrupt pyramids can fight with each other. I don't care. As, as long, long as, as your I, wages are good. As long as I can go to work. And, yeah. you know, and, and what's wrong with a person wanting to work and getting paid for it? Yeah, I, uh, you that, know? we can find common ground on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but um, alternatively, mm. if you were to get rid of unions, then what? What is the last freedom that this country provides the working man? And that last freedom is being able to quit your job, mm. flipping the bird at the <laughs> <laughs> and oh, walking yeah. out the door. Yeah, okay? yeah. I told you about the story. I got fired from this this uh, uh, company, right? The uh-huh. Lazy Boy Company. Because they heard some rumor, and and, uh-huh. they, and the, it was in my ninety day period. He said, "Here's your check. There's the door. Walk straight out. Don't come back." Well, I cried after that. I went home and I was in tears. I was eighteen. Sure. I was like just in high school. Yeah. And uh, and I, I just broke down crying because I'm, I'm driving home. And it was my first job, and I thought, "Oh man, this is terrible." You know, yeah. blah blah blah. I was really hurt. But you know what? After that, it didn't bother me anymore. I get fired for so many damn jobs. I've been fired for more jobs than you know. Uh, And it doesn't bother me. In fact, the last great freedom in this country is the freedom to quit your job. Yeah, and and you're right. That is a freedom. If Um, you give people unions, they don't want to quit their job. They want to keep them. (laughs) So... So the reason let's not take away that right. Then that's right. My biggest argument. I love it. My biggest argument against unions is that oh, when boy. you are in a union job, you want to keep that job. And I'm like, I, I feel like that's well, taking. Why, why the hell would you want to do that? Look, you can, man. You're, you're my last you freedom. Free my last quit. Free, the last freedom that we have in this country <laughs> is the freedom to say "fuck you." <laughs> All right, I quit. I quit, 
And if you work for a union, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that because. So that's why I oppose. That's why I oppose unions. That's, I mean, you know, they have their benefits, but overall, uh, I hear some sarcasm. Overall. That's it for the tonight. Should we uh, sign off? Oh God, I guess so. Man, what more can you say? <laughs> oh, I got plenty more to say, but I'll uh, I'll save that for the next podcast. Well, we can. This is oh, a good place to sign off. Actually, and, yeah, think about yeah, uh, yeah. Random number generator. Random number generator. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. dun. I, yeah, I don't have my sound effects. So, what is it next week? Here it is. Food diet. Food and diet. What we're putting in our bodies. Yeah, that's a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whew. What we're putting in our bodies. Yeah. Wow. And that includes vaccinations, too, by the way, if you're going to talk about what we put in our bodies. Oh, Lordy, Lord, he wants to talk about vaccinations. That's included in that. I mean, oh, that goes along with it. We're talking about food here, not medicine, man. Uh, it's, but, yeah. Well, if you're talking about what you put in your body, then it, it includes, you know, getting jabbed. Well, we will know, definitely go round around on that. Yeah, one. that'll be. It's fun. all. It's all. It's about health, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know. Um, are you going to get the flu shot? The, the marisol, the mercury in your brain, huh? Huh? <laughs> all I know is this: I can go down to McDonald's and pay my eight dollar uh, an hour employee a dollar to give me a cheeseburger that's filled with God knows what. But if I want to eat healthy and get a couple of avocados and some tomatoes, and I go to my local su- local supermarket. It's cost me a whole lot more, and it's a lot more inconvenient. Hmm. Wonder what I'm going to do if I'm not making a lot of money. Wonder why people are fat. There you go. And we can talk about vaccines, too. Like, I'm for vaccines. And you're yeah, there's a lot to be said them. on this subject. Uh, you know, we don't have to talk about it now, but you know, mm-hmm. one of the issues that I want to address is the fact that there's no nutritional value in the food that's being, you know. I mean, yep. there's, a, there's a difference between sustenance and nourishment okay right and when you go to mcdonald's like you the scenario you just painted you're not getting getting the sustenance you're getting sustenance the avocado is giving you the the nourishment okay but if the avocado is uh if the soil that the avocado is being grown in has no vitamins and minerals in it and they just put artificial fertilizer in there Mm. then you're not getting as much nutritional value as you should be or as you think you are yeah and so there's a problem there too so yeah it's a big conspiracy (laughs) and uh uh, you know, it's these, a conspiracy it, by the bourgeoisie yeah, and the pharmaceutical and, and, and companies, the pharmaceutical companies yeah. and I, I know the Illuminati is involved and, in this and, somewhere. Yep. And I know that Walmart is evil and they're and, involved in and this too. Wal- well, actually, boy, there's a lot of truth to that, my brother. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Next week, man, next week. You know, week. you're in Walmart country, you know that, right? Oh, I know, and I shopped at Walmart today, so... Shame on you. But you know what? It's not like I got a freaking choice. Day gun. Yeah. Not like I got a choice to go anywhere. Yeah. Not like I got a choice to work anywhere. No, I don't have a choice. If, oh, I had to shop at Walmart. I don't have a choice. What? I don't. That's silly. What do you... What, <laughs> so, you mean you don't I mean, have I a choice? I go to Harps. Now, to be honest with you... Why are you know we still talking? I don't uh, know. I don't know. Either. Don't worry, I'll cut it out. Shut up. Yeah, there you go. Out. But it's I try to go to Harps as much as I can yeah. because they're not Walmart. They are in name, employee owned. They're not really, but they have. But a you have thing to pay more for benefits. Them, yeah. So why I do? do. You, why do you do that? Because because uh, you're Democrat. The right thing to so do. So if I want to meet Democrats, I just go to Harps. Is that what it is? Um, 
probably Democrats and rednecks. I don't know. This is why Trump's in the White House, my friend. Oh, yeah? Because there's fewer people shopping in Harps than there are at Walmart. At Walmart. You know, all the people mm-hmm. at Walmart voted for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Go there at yeah. 3 o'clock in the morning. You'll see the you quality be, of people that voted for Trump. <laughs> you might be wrong. You might be wrong. Actually, I might be wrong, and you might be right about everything. Okay. But it might be the other way around. But how is it? But if you're, if you there's fewer of you voting for who's going to be president, it's then you're, you're screwed, right? That's right. You're just in a you're right, but you're in a minority, and you're not going to get representation, and you're going to have a continuation of the process. That's the tyranny of the majority, yeah. which we talked about. That's earlier. why we need unions. There you go, unions. Hallelujah. That's why we need unions. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because people are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is but us, right? We got it figured out. Well, that's why we need to start a union. Yeah. That's what we need to do. How about we start the taxpayers' union? How about that? The taxpayer. Oh, boy, you said the tax word. Taxpayers' union. Hey, if you pay taxes, you can yeah. be in our union. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have some collective bargaining power, won't we? Let's do it. Let's start the Ooh. taxpayers' union. Ooh, I like it. The United Taxpayers' Union right. of the United States of right. America. Why not? I mean, yeah. do you know that one of the biggest unions of the country is, is the military? People are in the military in union. Did you know wow. it's unionized labor in the, in the military? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they yeah. fight over silly things. Like when, when he, on the base, I worked in the base back in, uh, see, I've had all kinds of <laughs> jobs, but I, I worked at this uh, military base in North Carolina, and I was a graphic artist, and I, I the, the, the website was the ROTC website, and I, I designed it, worked on it, uh-huh. and I, I was employed there because the woman who had my job before me was pregnant. She was on leave. Uh-huh. Anyway, I, I got a real education working there because I sat in the general's office one time, and I told him, I said, you know, we don't do anything around here. We just sit in our ass all day. I said, I could do the job of all these people. And he goes, he goes hey, 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 don't, don't say that. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and I said, I said it was well, a government job. You know, he, he's, like, he's like, I don't, I don't want it. You know what he told me? He goes, I don't want anybody to lose their job around here. And I, and I was like, uh, I was like, you're, you're a Democrat, aren't you? Uh, so, so yeah. again, here we go. But that's, you know, but they had, they had a union on this base, and they, 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 pro- they protested and filed a grievance because the Coke machine used to be 50 cents, and it went up to 55 cents. Oh, man, that's incredible. And so they had to do all the paperwork because of the grievance. I mean, these Back are in th- my previous life, when I worked for Modern Fence Company, I did a lot of, I, not a lot, but a few bids for the government. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. It's like they pay people $150,000 a year to come up with forms you have to fill out. Yeah. It's a, it's crazy. It's just yeah. I mean, it's a different yeah. culture uh, when the 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 guy who's in charge, the general, whoever, is like saying, "I don't want people to lose their jobs," and right. it's like a whole different culture. Because before that, I had worked at a a real estate company, and, and when you're in a real estate company, everybody's an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. Every real estate agent is you're, an entrepreneur. You're scrambling. You have yeah. to scramble. You have yeah. to go out. You have to market. You have to. I've I mean, done that too. it's yeah. all about you have to get motivated to it's get terrible. up in the morning, and you're on top. You have to. You don't. You're your own boss. That's okay. why I'm not two different mentalities. Yeah. The mentality of the of working on the for the military on the for the government versus being in a real estate office. I went from one extreme to the other. Right. 
it was a real education for me. See, I've never had the nice, uh, the nice cushy one where the uh, the boss says, "Be quiet! I don't want anybody to lose their job." Yeah, <laughs> I wish I had. That. I wish I had oh kept that gosh. job because it was temporary. She was pregnant. She had a baby. Uh, she was out for six months and came back. So then I was screwed. I was yeah, out, I was yeah. out hoofing it, looking for another yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, ended up working at some stupid call center. Oh, oh, I've done that. Oh my oh, god, it's a living hell right there, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it does get worse. I mean, you can pull guts out of a chicken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I've worked in with rotten eggs at, at, at a chicken hatchery before. Uh huh. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. We used a... to play Name That Smell. Oh. <laughs> well, I, my job was to euthanize chickens at one point. I was, a, uh. I was my technical, the job, my title of my job was backup killer. Oh, man. Wow. That sounds like a bad uh, horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is. Funny is, I just got out of prison. Oh, God. And so... <laughs> I just got out of prison, and, oh, and it was Lord. the first job I could get. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is going to look good on my resume. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to put this on my resume. Oh, man. What'd you do? Well, I just got out of prison. So I see there's a, on your killer. application here, uh, there was two years that you didn't have a job. Can you, can you tell me what you were doing? Oh, yeah, I was locked up. I was in prison. I robbed the bank. Um, so... Really? Yeah, okay, well, and then you had another job, and what was that? I was a backup killer. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's you, so funny. People hear this, they think I'm making it up. No. <laughs> no. I don't, he's not. No. When you have a life as interesting as mine, you don't have to lie or exaggerate or make things up. You just have to find clever ways to deliver the truth. There you go. I, you know, like I said, I, I, my life's been fairly boring compared to Mark's, so... <laughs> You know, it's really <sighs> funny how the universe has an interesting way of bringing people like this into my life. Like our, my friend who we just met today. Yeah. You know, he's he's a very unusual person. The universe has brought you into my life. A very unusual person. How do you I pronounce have, his name? Korma. Korma. Uh-huh. And uh, the universe has brought... Uh, not to be confused with karma. Not karma and not coma. People, when <laughs> I've heard people... Oh man, why do people? You know what's your name? Uh, I called him Coma for about a coma. week before coma. I really well, knew him. It's spelled C A L L K O R M A H. Corma. That's not what he told me. Okay, anyway. That's what so, he told me. Interesting. How um, did he spell it to you? I thought he spelled it C A L L, and then an A. I thought C A L L A. Kala? No, Corma. So Corma is a cool guy. Yeah, he is. I've known him for several years, and uh, he has a uh, very good way of bringing what we here in the States would talk about in broad terms right down to real-life experiences, and I respect him for that highly. Yeah, he's got the whole uh, being humble thing down. I mean, like, yeah. you know, he, he, he plays he plays dumb, you know. He's probably yeah. got a Ph.D., but he's like... <laughs> um, he's working on it. Yeah. <laughs> He'll sit there and uh, he'll bait you. You know, I mean, he'll, uh-huh. he'll ask questions like he's ignorant, like you have to explain it to him, like You're he's right. a five-year-old. Yeah. He'll be like, "I don't really understand. I don't really understand this democracy. <laughs> democracy. What do you mean by democracy?" <laughs> and Corman, when you listen to this, notice I'm not the one making fun of your accent. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's really bad. I know that, like, a terrible actually, but. Um, uh, you know, I have to have some fun with it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But yeah, we had a good conversation about a variety of things. And, yeah. Uh, went off in the bushes a few times, and that's always yeah. fun. That's you know? what we've been doing all night here, I think. But, yeah. 
Um, yeah, and it's the coffee and community thing. We've been doing the Wu right, Way, right. and we started out with just an idea. We had a fellow by the name of Jeremy show up last week. Saw him again today. Saw him again today. Even though he had back. obligations. Even though he had obligations. He, he came, came back by to tell us. Just to, to let us know that he wasn't leaving Absolutely. us hanging out to dry. Absolutely. And that's a very, uh, that's a stand-up guy. I told you that. Yeah. You know, my impression of him the first time was that he has a stick to itiveness about mm-hmm. him, you know, and, and mm-hmm. so he just proved it today. It was like, yeah, he did. Um, that's great. You know, and, and we're just going to put all the responsibility on him. Because yeah, obviously, obviously, he's a much more responsible individual. <laughs> he's uh, definitely more responsible yeah, than me and you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we talk about the, um, you know, we, we often make reference to this effortless thing, that mm-hmm. Wu Wei. Way. Yeah. But what that really means is find somebody else who's responsible and put all the, all the burden <laughs> on them, you know. So. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, so Jeremy, if Jeremy, you're out there if listening, you're listening buddy, to this, you've been nominated. You're buddy. you are the man, dude. You're the man. If you show, we show. If yeah. you don't show, we'll just call the all whole this thing talk. Off. All this talk about effortless effort. <laughs> um, really, it was just we're just waiting for you to carry the burden. Yeah, you know? we're we're just actually so, trying to be irresponsible and put all the responsibility yeah, that's, on you. So. Yeah, thank God for you. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> thank God. But this is what we were hoping for. Some yeah. some uh, unsuspecting dupe that yeah, would fall into exactly. our trap. We got him. We got him now. We yeah. got him. No, this community is going to yeah. take off now. Yeah. He's here. Yeah. Well, shit wouldn't have without us. I, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, we it, very seriously, we went from uh, two people to three people, and tonight we've got four people. Mm-hmm. How about that? Multiplication. And we're not trying. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the best thing. It's like I say. Um, you know, if you're going to share your faith uh, and talk to people about Jesus, uh, and you go around and you try to push it on, they're going to know that you're trying to push it on. Yeah. And so my advice is, if you want to talk to people about the gospel and how good it is in your life, then try not to. Yeah, exactly. Because when you try not to, uh, and you and it really has deep, significant meaning for you, mm-hmm. then guess what? Trying not to talk about God and the goodness of his love and mercy and grace and forgiveness and the rest of it is going to be quite impossible. You're going to find yourself overflowing with joy and gratitude, okay? So it all has to do with, you know, are you being under a compulsion of duty and obligation? Right. If if you feel that you're under a compulsion of duty and obligation, life becomes wearisome. Mm -hmm. And and, and you just get weary. You get tired of it. Yep. But if you can turn that around, if and that's op- what you're operating out of your essence, mm-hmm. just just a, a, as who you are. And and the, the the truth of the matter is, is uh, Mark and I, we want this thing to happen, but we don't really care if it happens or not. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You yeah, know, we, it's all right. Yeah, the whole thing about Wu Wei is to just remove our ego from the equation. Exactly. I mean, th- it doesn't mean that our that we're that we don't have a willpower that's underlying an attention that's from the heart that's underlying our efforts. It just means that our efforts are not uh, driven yeah. by ego. Right. Right. The, the thing about it is, is we're having a good time talking about this kind of stuff. So if people show up, great. If they don't. Mark and I are still hey, having a hell of a time. The observation I made is that the guys that we've encountered so far that have been drawn to us are birds of a feather. And, yeah. you know, birds of a feather flock together. And that, right. so it is unfolding naturally as it should and mm-hmm. without effort. Yeah. And so, you know, people, uh, you know, 
who knows how this is going to develop? I mean, like I say, we don't really have an agenda, but yep. the, the, the intention is to build community because that's what the world needs. Right. The, the, the intention is to, um, to provide a, uh, a safe place where people can actually love and, and encourage and edify and uplift one another. And be so, accepted regardless of their beliefs or because of their beliefs. Either way, it doesn't matter. They're just, we're just looking to build a community where people are accepted as they are and respected as they are. One way or the other. If you agree, if you don't agree, if you're completely out of left field, doesn't matter. Just come and make connection. That's right. What, that's I mean, all we, we, want. We, we could talk about taboo subjects like we do on this podcast, <laughs> but um, and that can be you know we can try to convert the, each other, and but at some point we're just going to accept the fact that this person has different views than I do, yeah. and that's okay because you know what. They're not so bad. I like them. Yeah. And so th- what happens at that point is true community comes into existence. And there's another word for that. It's called love. Yeah. Okay. You spend time with somebody, you're naturally going to love them. Okay. That's right. the way it works. Yep. And so that's what community does. It fosters that kind of, and it's important because people are disenfranchised in the society. They're so isolated and lonely. And as a consequence, they're looking to drugs, you know, alcohol and various other things to try to dull the pain, you know? Right. And it, they, they, so there's addiction problems. There's, there's des- depression problems. And what is the solution to all of these problems? The answer to that is one thing, community. Community, connection. That's right. it. Love and acceptance. Being yeah. in a place where you can be genuine and real. Right. Genuine and real without having to toe the party line, without having to buy into um, doctrine or dogma or bylaws or, you know... Um, the schema of our identity. The, the schema of our, de- of our identity or right. worry about... You know what your standing is if you say the wrong thing. We don't. We, we're two idiots. We don't give a shit what you say. We're just hell. We're glad you showed up. If you did, and if you don't, well, you know, screw you. We're fine too. It doesn't matter. You know. Yeah. That's the way we feel. Right. So that you know, let's start the taxpayers' union. And, yeah. Uh, and we'll yeah, create local one on one. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, we're gonna the union dues are gonna go into the pension. Right. And um, that's how I'm gonna pay for my little cabin that floats off the island of Tahiti. Yeah, Tahiti would yeah. be better than Thailand. Well, actually, I'm thinking Marshall Islands. Marshall Islands, okay. Yeah, okay. because the weather's perfect. 70 there degrees year-round. You, you, you stick your hand in the water at 70 degrees, you pull your hand out of the water at 70 degrees, perfect. Lordy, Lord, I wish I could go there. Yeah, Man. and it's, it's like, you've seen the islands, haven't you? It's like, they're they're like volcanoes, so there's yeah. like, they, it looks like ringworm in the ocean, you know? Yeah. It's like, there's worm, yeah. circle, circle, circle. Mm. They have, call them totes or whatever, right? But it, but there's an issue there because the tides are rising and there's various you know there's uh, limited real estate. So this idea of putting these buoys or these like cabins that float off the you know uh, tying them to the fl- ocean floor with uh, the w- however they do it, um, you could have like your own. It's like a grass hut floating in the water almost. It's like I mean how awesome. Oh man, I'm getting flashbacks of Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's wonderful, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm investing in ADA and Cardano and other cryptocurrencies so that 10 years from now, what I paid pennies, I can sell for dollars. And there you go. That's how I'm going to cash in. That's my retirement, man. I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going to go live in uh, the Marshall Islands. There you go. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Man, we got to cut this down. <laughs> I think yeah. we got to. I'm definitely going to cut that out because I don't want anybody to know my retirement. Place. Right, there you go. <laughs> you know, some things have to be private, goddammit. <laughs> Right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love it. Hell, I'll, I'll be lucky if I live to retirement. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, man, I think we 
right, we'll shut her down. Yeah, yeah. So two uh, dimwits signing off. Two dimwits. Dwight from the left. Mark from the right. All right. Thanks for joining us. See you later. See you later. end of the podcast i'm impressed that's quite an accomplishment but you know what there's one thing i want to remind you go ahead and subscribe to the service today using whatever podcast service you prefer and remember this is important remember no permission is necessary you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.